Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Ah, uh, living the dream once again on a spectacular Saturday. Not just any Saturday. It is the day before Super Bowl 56. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz. We're at the tailgate tour here at 3rd and Broadway in Santa Monica. The largest tailgate in Los Angeles for this Super Bowl. And we cannot wait for the big game tomorrow, Jeff. How that? You know, a little wind just suddenly <laughs> yeah. burst up here. Now, I'll normally we're in the comfort of our Fox Sports Radio studios, or we're coast to coast many times with you and your Carolina home. But here we are together. It's about 85 degrees here and cooking in Santa Monica. Spectacular yeah. weather is get ready for kickoff tomorrow, Jeff. The best part about this is we're covered from the sun, so that's, that's a bonus. And then the breeze blows in here, so it's absolutely beautiful. It is absolutely gorgeous out here. By the way, Jeff's family's here. Yes. I was talking to your mom. You know what she said to me? 
Oh, no. She, she pointed to your father and said, can you believe the two of us created that? <laughs> Not to mention your brother. It sort yes. of blew me away. Uh, yes. I yeah. mean, I, and yes, I guess they did do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like to think about that often, but yeah, that's how it happens. <laughs> it's great to see your family yes. out here, your uncle, the whole shebang. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting listening to everyone's perspective on the Super Bowl coming up. We were, uh, I was on with uh, Rich Ormberg. Of course, we yeah. do our Harbin and Rich O show out of San Diego Monday through Friday. We're out of Radio Row Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'll be honest with you, we didn't do a whole lot of breaking down on this game. And at least from my perspective, part of it is, Jeff, when I look at these two teams, and I know, and we just heard Joy Taylor, and she's picking the Bengals. There are a lot of people picking the Bengals right now. But if you take a step back and you look at these two rosters, and you're trying to be objective. And I know there's a lot of Bengals fans out there. I see a Rams fan out there right now next to a Raiders fan, apparently. Uh, interesting. But on paper, at least, the Rams have so many advantages against the Bengals. First off, it seems like some of the Rams' strengths play to not only the Bengals' strengths, but also the Bengals' weaknesses. I, I'm, you know, we're going to talk plenty about this yeah. game, but I mean, my, my first thought is. Unless the Rams absolutely melt down, I don't see how they lose this game. Go back to last year, right? So the Chiefs' offensive line got really beat up in the playoffs, and they entered the Super Bowl last year against Tampa Bay. Everyone said, hey, guys, the Chiefs' offensive line is going to matter. If the Chiefs lose, it's because their offensive line can't block anyone. And for this week, the Bengals' offensive line is worse than the Chiefs had last year with a bunch of starters. And everyone's like, yeah, it doesn't matter because of Joe Burrow. The Rams are better on the offensive line, the defensive line, the defense as a whole, the pass defense. They have Cooper Cup, who's the best wide receiver in all the NFL. Matt Stafford, who's been better than Joe Burrow in the playoffs so far. He's exceeded my expectations for how good I thought he, he, he could play in the postseason. A coaching staff that was here a couple years ago and has said, we learned from over-preparing against the Patriots. And everyone's like, well, they have Joe Burrow. I, I, <laughs> I, I get that Joe Burrow... And I played with quarterbacks like Eli Manning, who was like this, where the, the, they're, they're so confident that you as a team become confident. No matter what happens, we're going to win this game. But you're not winning this game if you get hit 16 times. Look, the, the Raiders, Titans, and Chiefs, who the Bengals have all beaten, they, they could rush the passer and had no pass defense behind that. The Rams have a pass defense. Well, they, yeah, they have a pass defense, including probably the best cover guy in the league in Jalen Ramsey. You know, what, here's the thing about the Bengals in this postseason run. They've won three games. They've scored five touchdowns. They have 12 field goals. Yes. Uh, McPherson has been a perfect 12 for 12. The rookie has been spectacular for this game. In fact, some people were asking me after the FC Championship game, could a kicker win the MVP award in a Super Bowl? And yes. I said, yeah, if the final score is 15-13, yeah, he has 12, five 10, field yeah. goals or something, something like, like yeah. that. Yes. But the fact is, in three playoff games, the Bengals have only gotten the end zone five Times. I think I think a couple of those against Kansas City were off turnovers, right? Yes. And so uh, that that's look, it, it's okay to admit that luck is part of this, right? Even when we go back to 2018, right? The Patriots, D Ford's offsides, otherwise that game's over. They go to overtime, beat Kansas City, beat the Rams. The following season, Kansas City is, is gonna be the three seed. The Dolphins go into New England and beat New England in week 17. Chiefs are now the two seed, get a bye. And then Tennessee beats both the Baltimore and New England, and the Chiefs face a, f a five or six seed in the Titans. Go back to last year, right? Chiefs offensive line so beat up for Tampa Bay. Brady throws three interceptions, answer check game, and wins. That almost never happens, right? And look at the Bengals this year. The way their ability to 
force they forced three turnovers, one each game, under a minute left or in overtime. Tom Brady's played 47 playoff games. It's happened twice in his career. So three straight weeks of interceptions, right? Three straight weeks of not scoring touchdowns. A poor red zone success. Joe Burrow's been hit over four. He's been pressured, as I should say, over 40 times in three games. All right, so here's the thing about Joe Burrow, because I know Bengal fans are saying, you know, uh, you're not giving our guy enough credit. I'll give you a lot of credit right now with Joe Burrow. He led the entire NFL in three categories, and none of them seemed connected. He led the league in yards per attempt, meaning he's throwing the ball down the field. Yes. Rarely does a guy lead the league in yards per attempt and completion percentage. The other category he led the league in was being sacked. That's also another category. We don't see a guy leading the league and being sacked and leading the league in, in completion percentage. So on the surface, I look at that, and what I say is, A, he's amazingly resilient. There's nothing that's going to somehow diminish his confidence in his ability to get the job done. Now, he only plays one side of the football, and there are other X factors. But I will recognize, based on those three numbers, and again, just the eyeball well, test, that yes, there is something so, very special about Joe Burrow. So the reason I think Joe Burrow throws for a lot of yards in this game, I think his total is 275, somewhere around there. Depends right. what, what, what book you know. Fox bet is 275.5, is because of the sack. So against Tennessee couple weekends ago, he was sacked nine times. They scored 19 points. He threw for 348 yards. Yeah. The reason why is when you get sacked, you go backwards, right? To make up the difference, you got to throw the ball. So there's more opportunity to get a lot of yards, and that's why I think the, the, you know, the, the yards per attempt, how, you know, if you get behind the sticks, which they were because they got sacked so much, he makes that up, obviously, in a lot of deep passes. The thing that Burrow has done best, again, to any, this is what he's done, is he, he has made his team believe. And it's, it's very important in these moments, right? Because they have been the underdog now in, in two straight playoff games and now a third one this weekend. They're down 21-3 to in Kansas City, and they, had, they didn't quit, right? There was nothing that they did that said, hey, you know what, we're going to win this game. Because when you have a quarterback like Burrow, you always think you can win. And that's so important. Better than his stats and better than his calm play and his pocket is the, is the belief that we're all going to play faster. We're all going to play without fear because he can win the game for us at any point. If you're on defense, right, and you have a quarterback that's not very good, you might not take those chances. You might play a little more conservative. But if you're, but if you're the Bengals defense, man, if we give up a touchdown, guess what? Joe will save us the, the next drive. So like that, that, that confidence, in, in my opinion, is what he has done more than anything else for this team. Well, the last Saturday when we were talking about the AFC Championship game for the previous week, everyone was still shaking their head like, what happened? What yeah, happened I, to Patrick yeah. Mahomes? We've never seen a quarterback of that caliber in that magnitude of a game pull a Jekyll and Hyde the way Dick yeah, Mahomes did. Not good. And so, and you saw, and you told me that, you know, you saw some, there were open receivers, especially yes. on that last drive, and he just did not pull the trigger. But how much credit should the Bengals' defense get? How much credit should the Bengals' coaches get for making certain adjustments? Because as we went to halftime in that game, there was no indication yeah. that there was going to be some miracle comeback by the Bengals. But obviously, they did things to get Mahomes yeah. off his game. So where did that come from? I mean, where where do you step back and say, look, I got to give the Bengals some credit there. Well, they obviously get credit for, for changing what wasn't working, right? Because right. in the first half, the Chiefs had every yard possible but one. So they had yep. 300 yards, uh, yep. more 300 yards at halftime. I think it was actually 298, something like that. And they switched to a defense where they dropped eight in the coverage. They started doubling Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and other guys beat them. And again, there were still guys open, and Pat just didn't, didn't play well. I think Pat loses confidence sometimes when his guys don't do what they're supposed to do. 
And I think at times he needs to tell him, hey, hey like, do your job. Like, I'm doing my job. You do your job. I think too, sometimes he tries to do too much because of that. He's not doesn't trust certain guys. And you mentioned on the two plays before the regulation when he kicked the field goal, Hardman was open. And I wonder if he thought to himself, it's a tight window throw. If he drops this ball, the clock stops. That allows the Bengals to, to move down the field, possibly tie the game. I'm not going to throw it to Hardman. He's dropped the ball too many times this season. And I wonder if that plays into, into what Pat was thinking. But there were plays to be made. And the thing the Chiefs did not do again, which I don't think Sean McVay is going to have this problem, is they just didn't run the ball in the second half. They averaged six yards a carry in the second half. Uh, I think it was actually almost seven yards a carry. And McVay's not going to do that. I actually both teams try to run the football in this game. And that's the, the huge difference is, is Reed to, kind of goes back to, to passing the ball when things aren't well. I think McVay will start to run the ball if things don't go well for the Rams in this game. But um, really, you know, this game comes down to if the Bengals' defense can force Stafford into making mistakes, and he's prone to make mistakes, mm-hmm. then this game can be close. If they don't do that, it's going to be a long game for the Well, I, I agree with you. To me, this entire game is on Matthew Stafford. Yes. If Matthew Stafford plays like he has throughout these playoffs, and he got away with a couple, let's face well, it. We got away with one specific, yeah. The one one very the big air, yeah. one against the 49ers that could have changed the whole dynamic of the Super Bowl. It could have been uh, the third time in their history the Bengals had faced the 49ers in a Super Bowl. But he got away with one. But if he plays a relatively clean game and doesn't make any of the ghastly mistakes we have seen him make on occasion, yeah, the Rams are going to be hard to beat. All right, once again, we are at the tailgate tour at 3rd and Broadway in gorgeous Santa Monica. The Beautiful sun right is now. out. we got a breeze out here. This is the largest tailgate in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. A lot of Bengals fans are heard out here early on. They we had some Rams earlier. fans uh, right now rolling through. Um, over the week, I was in... Uh, downtown area, the convention center. I know Same. you've been yes, broadcasting there, throughout yes. the week. We're going to share some of the experiences uh, that we've had during the week leading up to the Super Bowl and how, if anything, it may have strengthened our resolve as far as our predictions <laughs> yes. on the Super Bowl all coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Radio, wants to send you to the Disneyland Resort where you can enjoy the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. Always a great time out there. And come on down, join us here at the Tailgate Tour at 3rd and Broadway in Santa Monica for your chance to win. All right, so, Jeff, you and I are leaning Rams in this game. No, there's no lean for me. I'm picking you the Rams You are 100% yes. Rams. I'm sort of 100% with you, maybe 99% with you. But maybe this guy could convince us otherwise. He, of course, is Fox Sports Radio's own and a Cincinnati icon, Andy Furman, is joining us right now. Andy, how are you today? How are you? This Hartman and Schwartz sounds like a law firm. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, uh, I don't know if you expected, having followed Bengals football, I take from the beginning, uh, to see this day as soon as it happened, once they drafted Joe Burrow coming off a 2-14 and season. But here they are, Super Bowl 56, and a lot of people are jumping on the Bengals bandwagon. They are convinced that Joe Burrow is the second coming of Tom Brady. Are you as enthusiastic, maybe a little more cautious? What's your mindset going into this game tomorrow? I think Jeff Schwartz will know this more than anybody else. I mean, last year they were 4-11-1, just coming off a year that they were in two games. So for them to make it to the Super Bowl, to me, is like a minor miracle. But now people are saying, you know, it's going to be next five, ten years. No, it doesn't work that way. you got to catch lightning in a bottle, which they did. All of a sudden now, these guys are going to get big heads. They're going to go for the big money. There'll be free agency. There'll be injuries. So enjoy it now. Enjoy it when you can. Because look, it took 33 freaking years to get here. So it may not happen again. A realistic take from a Bengals fan this week? Wow. <laughs> that, that, that's nice to hear. Look, I want to talk about Joe Burrow a little bit more because uh, to me, it's not even what he does as far as his play. I mean, it obviously is, but the confidence with, with which he brings to the entire team. Have you noticed that as a Bengals fan as well? It does feel like this team just always feels they can win because of nine. There's a, there's a fine line between confidence and cockiness. And I looked at Boomer Esiason, and we were fairly close when he played here. He was cocky, and he did produce. But this guy is a cool, confident kind of guy, and it really is not cockiness. So I think there's a difference. I think he takes that into the huddle, and he's a leader, and he's a true leader. Some guys are born leaders. They really are. Some guys aren't, and this guy is a leader, and these guys follow him. They certainly do. Well, here's the thing, Andy. Uh, you mentioned 33 years since their last Super Bowl appearance. They hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years. They had yes. never won a road playoff game, and they did it back-to-back -back weeks. So is there a sense in Cincinnati of a team of destiny right now when things are happening that have never happened in a franchise born way back in 1968? Is there that sense that this is our year of destiny right now? Well, certainly it's the Chinese year of the Tiger, so I think things are pretty good. They really are. But I will tell you this much. Not only is it a year of destiny, this past Monday evening at Paul Brown Stadium, they had a rally. They had a pep rally. 30,000 freaking people in the wow. cold attended this event, and it was on uh, TV. It was on the ESPN2, I believe it was. But they kind of went back and forth to California for the L.A. one. L.A.'s rally was at a high school stadium, and it looked like homemade fireworks. It really did. I mean, it was a big deal. This city is going nuts. I wish you could see it. The airport is entirely orange and black. Downtown, everything's orange and black. Everybody's walking around. Who day, who day. They got the, the route planned for the parade on Wednesday already. It, it's really, I, I've never seen anything that could galvanize a city as much as a pro sports team, and they love their Bengals. But the funny thing is, you mentioned bandwagon. I mean, these are the same people two years ago said, don't ever go to a game again. They're going to burn their season tickets. Now you can't get a freaking ticket. 
So the Bengals uh, have been talked about for, forever of not you know putting enough investment into scouts and, and free agents and whatnot. But this past offseason, they signed a bunch of guys that have been very helpful for this this run. Right? And they probably don't make the run unless they spend that money. Do you think they spent that money this offseason because of Burrow? They felt like they had, finally had a quarterback that could get them to the promised land. And it, it was time to, to go all in while he's on his rookie contract. I'm not so certain Burrow had the deal on the defensive side of the ball, but I certainly think he had it with Jamar Chase. They played at LSU, and I think that he basically whispered in someone's ear and said, let's get it done. But look, Mike Brown basically is president of this ball club and general manager, 86 years of age. I couldn't be happier for the man, really. I hope he gets a ring. But more than that, I think he does not really get involved with the day-to-day as much as he used to. And I think right now the younger set, the younger people, the Troy Blackburns of the world, the Duke Tobins of the world, I think they're making the decisions right now, and these are the decisions that had to be made. And one of the biggest ones was Trey Hendricks. And this guy yes. really has done a yeoman's job on defense. And I don't think the defense gets enough credit. It's all Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. But this defense, what they did, they made Patrick Mahomes last week really and truly look brutal. I, I, yeah, and, and by the way, Andy, I got an update for you. I was just checking this out. So right now, as we are talking to Andy Furman, it is 31 degrees in Cincinnati right now. It is 85 degrees, Andy, in Santa Monica. Thanks. 85 Thank degrees in Santa Monica. We see these Bengal fans, and they're just like, are we in another universe? <laughs> like, what is going on? Even for us out here, Andy, on the West Coast, this is unseasonably warm, but it just so happened to coincide with this Super Bowl week. But, you know, getting back to this on paper, Perhaps the biggest mismatch we've ever seen in a Super Bowl game. I'm talking about that Bengals offensive line versus that defensive front of the Rams led by the unblockable Aaron Donald. What's the game plan here? I mean, how, how when nobody else can do it, an offensive line that had their quarterback sacked more than any other quarterback in the league this year and had nine sacks in a playoff game against Tennessee, how are they going to hold off that Rams defensive front? Well, certainly that offensive line has allowed a lot of defensive linemen to look like pro bowlers in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, really, they really have. And certainly you look at that Tennessee game when Burrow was sacked nine times. He's got to get rid of the ball quickly. He, that's one thing he's got to do. And certainly what we've seen hurting for the Cincinnati Bengals is the run game. Joe Mixon has not been able to do what he could do because of the offensive line. But if he gets rid of the ball early, but I will say this, I mean, you're looking at like the troika of Aaron Donald Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. Aaron Donald, in my heart of hearts, he's the best player in pro football. Not not defensively, offensively. He is the best player in pro football, and it's going to be a heck of a job for them to keep him out. Let's talk about that defense a little bit more because it is hard to pinpoint, I think, one exact thing they do well, right? And they've played well this postseason. What would you say as a, as a Bengals fan, someone who watches every snap of this team, what, do, what, what, what does the Bengals defense do well? I think the secondary is pretty good. I think the pass rush is, is somewhat weak, but Trey Hendrickson puts a lot of pressure there. Sam Hubbard uh, on the on the left side is a pretty good ball player, but, you know, they're gelling. I, they're not great players, but they're gelling, and they learn to play together. You know, Eli Apple's been playing a little better of late. You know, I had some of my doubts with this guy at corner. Uh, we'll see what happens now. Von Bell, tremendous play against Kansas City with Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates was rated by PFF early in the season, one of the top safeties in the league. He did have a great season, but in the playoffs, he's come alive again. So we'll see what happens. But Bates and Bell, those two guys can get it done at safety. All right, I need you to be honest with me, Andy. 
When the Bengals drafted McPherson in the fifth round, were you one of the overwhelming majority screaming like, what are you doing? Why are you wasting a draft pick on a kicker? Were you one of those guys? I was one of the loudest. Are you kidding? (laughs) I mean, I thought it was nuts, but someone somewhere knew. And and this guy, I talked to Dave Lappin. We had Dave Lappin on two weeks ago. And Dave Lappin said that in high school, this kid kicked a seventy yarder. In high school. And he's got a brother that's kicking in college right now. The guy is, is, is amazing and really and truly, you know, much of the success this year is on his shoulders. Oh, no doubt. In fact, we were talking about the fact that in this postseason, the three wins, the Bengals have only scored five touchdowns. I know. They got 12 field goals from McPherson, a perfect 12 for 12. And it, it's interesting because Burrow has that star quality that everyone links themselves to. But the reality is they've only gotten in the end zone five times in three playoff games, Andy. Yeah, but you talk about an offensive weapon. If they get within 50 yards, he's going to score. That's just the way it is. How how do you think the the Rams, excuse me, the Bengals should go about disrupting Stafford? I, I think I think Steve and I both feel like that's the key to this game, right? If the Bengals can can make Stafford play a Stafford game. We've seen them do that quite often this year. That that's the way they win this game. You know, it's funny with Stafford. Sometimes you don't know what you have. He's got some great receivers. There's no doubt about that. But he could be flustered. He can be flustered, and he had something like 17 picks this year as well. So you know, you, you got to hope. And if you're a Rams fan, you got to hope that he plays a Stafford type game. But I will tell you this much: I think there's a lot more pressure on the Rams than the Bengals. And you know, people are yes. telling me the Bengals are playing with house money. You know what? Though you go to a casino and you lose a, a grand with house money, you're still losing a grand. There's no doubt about that. But I, I do agree to some extent they're playing with house money because. There's a lot to lose with Matthew Stafford because people are going to say, oh, he lost the Super Bowl. Here's a guy, yeah, he put up a lot of yards in Detroit, but he can't win the big one. He's the Clayton Kershaw of the the NFL. Andy, I'm going to say something. You and I have known each other a long time. I never thought I'd be sitting here the day before a Super Bowl talking about the Bengals in the Super Bowl. (laughs) i just be honest with you, and I never thought that you and I would be sitting here talking about the Bengals getting ready for a Super Bowl. I never thought I'd see the Bengals in the Super Bowl till I died. Really, I never <laughs> thought I did. I mean, I remember they went to Miami. They went to Detroit. Yep. Uh, it's an amazing year. It's a wonderful year. As I said early on, you got to catch in the bottle. It may never happen again. The stars were aligned in the right place. They really were. And, you know, I'm not saying they got lucky. They deserve to be where they're at. But no one expected. I think Vegas had them to win like six games as the season started. Yes. Yeah, it's been a miracle, but maybe they got one more miracle in them. Annie, it's always great to catch the up. The miracle so is that you had me on your show. That's the miracle. <laughs> Andy, we've done shows together. You've been on the show, but not under these circumstances. All right, man, love you. Thanks so Shalom. much. The great Andy Shalom Furman. to you guys. Shalom. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. The great Andy Furman, a Cincinnati icon part of the Fox Sports Radio family. All right, let's find out what's trending right now as we turn it over to a man that's well-versed on where we are right now, this tailgate tour, Ralph Irvin, as we are out here in beautiful Santa Monica, 85 degrees, Ralph. It is unbelievable. Absolutely, although I don't think I'm as well-versed as you or or, or Jeff, for that matter. No, well, you know, Jeff's got the whole Schwartz Yeah, they're all down here. here. They're all here. Yeah, well, Steve practically lived there, you know, in the dark ages back at Legends. Way back. That's 30 (laughs) years ago, right at the other end down at 3rd in Arizona, on the other end of this uh, promenade. Did my daily show out there. How terrifying that I know this. And we had no cover, by the way. I had the worst worst farmer's tan of any human being on the planet. What's happening out there, Ralph? Well, uh, we've got a whole lot of college basketball going on right now on the hardwood. It is number 
6-6 Houston hosting Memphis at the half. The Cougars with a 31-28 lead over the Tigers. 113 to play in the first half. Number 17, Michigan State leading Indiana, 34-29. Number 5, Kentucky, a 20-16 lead over Florida. 942 to play in the first half. 832 to play in the first half. TCU leading number 9, Texas Tech, 30-18. And they're finally underway. Moorhead State with a 13-5 lead over number 23, Murray State. Guys, that game was delayed because they couldn't turn the lights back on after the pregame introductions. Wow. Yeah, that's that's kind of, you know, you host a top 25 team at, at Moorhead State. You know, we'll just leave the lights off and let them cool <laughs> down a little bit. Uh, Major League Baseball players and the, and the owners meeting today just under an hour in Tampa, Florida. No deal coming away from it. In fact, the players coming away rather unimpressed with what the owners had to present. So expect a delayed spring training, likely a delayed opening day. And for the third straight year, probably a compressed Major League Baseball schedule. Hooray. Uh, will, will anyone notice? Well, uh, yeah, once you get to April, probably. Right now, nobody not, knows. Not during March Madness, though. No, 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 no. So May. May will be like, oh, wait. But March well, Madness ends Well, we've with been there March. before. So, you know, people, people forget after the shutdown in 94 yes. of the postseason, they missed the first 18 games of the following year. They didn't get started till late April. The following. So if year, we so. miss games, do we do we allow do we allow juicing back in the game? Is that has that we get fans back this year? <laughs> uh, have you noticed they're not going to be testing anymore for steroids well, in baseball until the new CBA begins? Yeah, I, I, exactly. I, think, I think they're going to come back. So if any baseball I'm player not so sure about tries that. that for that would be uh, one way to get fans. Uh, if they back. have a lockdown for a while, I Ralph, thank how, you very much. Yes. One, just how about the fact that with all that labor strife and, and everything that went on on the other day, that Major League Baseball slid in. Oh, by the way, DH in the National League going. Yes, forward. I saw that. They yeah. just kind of slid that Full-time in under DH. the radar. Well, we knew that was going to happen. It has to, it has yeah, to happen. It, it, and I'm old school. I, I held on for a while, but even I flipped on that one and said, fine, let's have the universal DH. It makes sense. All right, Rob, thanks so much. Yep. We'll check in with you a little bit later on. Once again, we're at the tailgate tour at 3rd and Broadway in Santa Monica, the largest tailgate in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. Now, Jeff and I have been out and about over the last several days yes. leading to us meeting up here at this beautiful site day before Super Bowl. So, Jeff, you came in on Tuesday. Came in Tuesday, yeah. Had a nice dinner down in Venice. And then I've uh, been at Radio Row Wednesday, Thursday. Yesterday had a little relaxed day. The, the thing that has been surprising to me, but really is actually not, is that you know when you go to other Super Bowl cities, and you've been to plenty of them, when you land, there's like a big, like, welcome to Super Bowl City. This is, we have a great, and there's like liaisons to like ferry you around to certain places, your rental car place and your baggage claim in L.A. had none of that. Like, outside of <laughs> Yes. Outside of, of this location and Thursday Promenade and a little bit of Convention Center and the JW Marriott and LA Live, you would have no idea what was happening in Los Angeles. Well, and, and let's go back. Kevin Demoff, the COO of the Rams. Yes. Uh, after the 49er fans outnumbered the Rams fans again <laughs> in that NFC Championship game, he was very honest. And, and I thought it was... It was very honest of him. He wasn't trying to put a spin on it. He said, understand this. Los Angeles was at, without the NFL for 20 years plus. And, Jeff, I was here broadcasting all 20 of those years. Yes. I was on the air when the Raiders and Rams left town after the 94 season. I was here when the Rams came back. And in all those years of doing sports talk radio in Los Angeles, in Southern California, 
the number of unsolicited phone calls I got from listeners saying, hey, Hartman, when are we going to get the NFL back would be zero. Zero, zero, yeah. I never, no one, when the Rams and Raiders left, imagine losing two teams simultaneously. It was barely a blip on the radar. So you have a whole generation, 20 years is a whole generation that was without the NFL. And, you know, again, what Demoff said was, we are now starting to bring people to the Rams games, but it's not them. It's the kids. So we're still another generation away from actually building an absolute yes. fan base. We've got bandwagon fans just as they had, you know, three years ago when they are in a Super Bowl. A few bandwagon fans because they're in the Super Bowl. It's the same thing going on now. There's a little more buzz for the Rams, yeah. but it hasn't taken even close to taking over this city. So I, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the Panthers are a good example for what, what Kevin's talking about, right? Because the Panthers came in 95, and... The, the, the first iteration of people that brought the bought season tickets were fans of the Cowboys, the Washington Commanders, I don't whatever, the Buffalo Bills, the Steelers, and so they would they bought season tickets because they want to support the local team. And whenever their team would come into town, they'd take off their jersey, put on the Steelers jersey, and root for the Steelers. And it's their kids that are sort of my age now, 35, that have bought season tickets. They're Panthers fans. Correct. And so it's it's the younger generation of Rams fans who will grow up to uh, hopefully I don't think they're four tickets at SoFi, but they'll be the they'll be the Rams fans as long as obviously the Rams I'm assuming they're going to stay for a while now. The the problem is you know like the Chargers are they're just out of luck. There, there's no they'll never be as good. I mean Herbert, I, I we both saw Herbert in Radio Row. That kid is put together better than I think you can even imagine. Like, you talk about a quarterback. I, I want this in a quarterback, and Herbert just blows that out of the water. I mean, it's, but nonetheless, the Chargers will never have fans. In, in no, I mean, they're going to be the Clippers to the Lakers. Yes. I mean, that's, that is always going to be the way they'll have their own individual fan base. My youngest son, he's 23, he's a lifelong Chargers fan. He's a true Chargers fan. Uh, but yeah, there will always be second fiddle in this city to the Rams. Um, the thing about the Rams in general uh, is that this is a team right now that has been all in. Now, a lot of people have talked Correct. about the different path that these two organizations have Very taken different. to get into the Super Bowl. The Bengals have built on the fact they've been really bad and they had really high draft picks. And to their credit, they made some really good selections with the Jamar Chases, the Joe Burrows of the world. The Rams, from day one after their initial season, which was a catastrophe, they hired Sean McVay, great hire, but they had made a decision. Actually, go back the year before when they traded the bank to move up to the number one overall pick to get Jared Goff. So they've had the mindset that we need to get going immediately. We got to get this thing rolling, and they are rolling. If you look at what they've done over these last five seasons, their second Super Bowl trip, four uh, playoff appearances in the last five years, they're doing their part. But now you're still going to have to do this for many years ahead. And now the latest story that may be concern of the Rams is the future of Sean McVay. Sean McVay right now, and I think you and I are in agreement, if he wins this Super Bowl, it's more than just the fact, well, he's won the Super Bowl, he's at the top of the mountain. But when you look at what this guy's done in five years, taking over an organization that before he got here, 10 straight losing seasons, 13 straight years without a winning record. He's had a winning record five straight seasons. He will have won a Super Bowl if he wins tomorrow. And he's 36 years old. And he was hinting, Jeff, that maybe, because you say, can anybody break what Belichick did as far as wins? No. And you say, well, wait, 
Sean McVay could. He's only 30 when he started. If this guy coaches till he's 60, sure. he seems to be already dismissing that idea. Yeah, the report was floated out today that he would consider uh, moving away from football in the broadcasting role after the season. It didn't say whether they win or lose this game. He would, yeah. would want to do that. Um, it feels like agent posturing for, to get a new contract. Uh, I think McVeigh would be great at broadcasting. Maybe he wants to do the John Gruden route, but he, you know, he hasn't won or lost this game yet. If he loses his game, why would he retire? If you win, I guess, maybe go out on top. But what is he, 37? He's not, he's not leaving the NFL right well, now. Well, remember also a guy that just elected a Hall of Fame did it, Dick Vermeil. He walked away from the Eagles job. He was gone for 15 years. On the broadcast booth all those years, returned to coach the Rams two years later. They yeah, won the I, Super Bowl, I, went to the Chiefs. The guy's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I mean, he would make more money broadcasting than coaching. Yes. I would imagine. Um, and maybe that's what he wants to do. The, the part of it was he's getting married. Maybe he wants to start a family and move away from football. Look, the hours are obviously grinding football. They can exhaust people. And I think this all-in mindset can be exhausting even further because there's no really looking to the future, right? Like, if you're the Bengals right now and you lose this game, okay, well, we have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, you know, Jonah Williams. We added some free agents for the next couple of years. We have a ton of cap space. We can draft some more good players. And there's a future, okay, we have two, three, four, obviously, with Burrow, 15 years with Joe Burrow. So there's a, there's a, you know, if you're, if you're Zach Taylor, for example, you said, look, man, we have so many years of this. If you're Sean McVay, right, you traded for Matt Stafford. You, you have Andrew Whitworth, who you brought in from the Bengals, surprisingly enough. He's probably on this is the last game this weekend in left tackle. You obviously traded for Odell, who's a free agent, probably not back next season. You traded for Von Miller, probably not back next season. You obviously have Donald still there. You have Leonard Floyd. You have Jalen. Like you you're all in now. You don't have draft picks to rebuild your team if you don't win this season. And I could see that being very um, – kind of just weighing on him throughout each day as he prepares. Like, we have to win this game because we've put all this into this one season. Um, but again, to walk away after this year would seem tough, especially if they, if they win. Stan Crockett's is going to be like, what, what do you want? How much money would you like to coach? I'm a little surprised right now. His current deal runs to 23. Now, a couple of years ago, let's face it, he and Les Snead, a little bit, you know, after a bad Super Bowl loss, missing the playoffs, there were a little few questions, and then last year maybe didn't go as well as they hoped. Those are out the window if, if, and that's a big if, if they win the Super Bowl tomorrow. So we also agree the fact that if there is one person that will probably have the greatest impact on the outcome of tomorrow's game, it's Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford. We'll talk about Stafford's mindset coming off 12 years in Detroit, a magical run in the postseason with the Rams. Is he ready for the biggest moment of his career? We'll talk about that coming up next. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. 
With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz. Hey, Fox Sports Radio wants to send you to the Disneyland Resort where you can enjoy the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. Sounds great. By the way, come on down here to the tailgate tour at 3rd and Broadway in Santa Monica for your chance to win. Uh, a lot of people stopping on by, waving and you know pointing. That's what happens. You, you're on a stage. They're not exactly sure why you're here, no although we have a lot of uh, advertising going on right now as far as why we're here. And uh, hold on a second here. Hold on. We suddenly grabbed the wrong headset. That's okay, Jeff. Just amateur I knew hour all of over here. Went very quiet. Amateur hour over here. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, people keep taking photos. I, I was texting my wife. I said, people just keep thinking it's like we're at the zoo, right? People just walk by, take a picture, move it along, figure out later who we are. Yeah, they just say, and they wave. They don't know okay. why they're waving, but we're waving back at them. So we're like uh, having a great time out here. By the way, last night. I was out at Universal Studios. They actually had a media party, a Super Bowl party. Now, I've been at Universal Studios many times over the years. But this was different because they essentially had this three-hour window between 8 and 11 p.m. where we had sole access to the whole place. I mean, rides that you would normally have, like, a three-hour wait. There was no wait. And free food and drink anywhere you want. You want a glass of wine, you want a beer, you yeah. want food, sit down, dinner, jump. Oh, it was like uh, a dream last So they had the party away from where all the media was staying. Yeah, it was yeah. at Universal <laughs> yeah, Studio. I drove down there <laughs> well, course, all the way fr- from yeah, Westlake. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, media party. I went to a bowling party last night. It's, it's interesting that these two world parties, different people. So, like, this party, there was there were four NFL players there. I saw a couple guys that, that, I, that I knew. Um then it, the Lakers were involved in it. So, so Byron Scott was there. Yes. Um, there was also Rip Hamilton was there. Paul Pierce was there. There was another tall. I mean, he must have been like 7'7". Seven, seven, I don't know. He wasn't a current player, obviously, because he'd be playing right now. Um, Mike Tyson was there. Dave Winfield. Just like a random. Oh, Ed Orgeron was there. I talked to Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron, Ed, he rec- yes. He recruited me. Is um, he there with his new woman? Yes. He, yeah. He recruited me to yeah. USC, and we talked a little bit about that. Um and then, uh, so yeah, it was just a, it's always fun. These parties just, you know, you just never know who shows up, but it was a good time. I went to bed. My wife went to a concert. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a, if you want to have fun this week, you can. Now, obviously, yes. in Los Angeles, things are very spread out. Very so, spread out. So, you know, there's parties all over the place, and, and you have to navigate and, and know you're going to sit in traffic as you as you do that. But there's there's fun to be had before the game on Sunday. The, the game itself sometimes feels like, for us, especially, like the afterthought. Like we, right. Like, we'll get to it tomorrow <laughs> at some point. You have to get there first. Well, it's been an interesting week out here. But, uh, you know, mentioning Matthew Stafford. Uh, when he got off the field, you remember they had the whole scene at the NFC Championship game where his wife yeah. jumped into his arms and he was embracing his wife. And even after that, he just seemed to be in a daze. 
Like, he was sort of taking it in, like, is this actually happening after 12 years in Detroit and purgatory that I am now going to be quarterback in a team in the Super Bowl? You know, I get the sense that there's an advantage for the Bengals. It's just the idea that no one in the world expected to be there. You know, a little bit of that inexperience could actually help them in the game. For Matthew Stafford, though, the spotlight's on him. And we said this before. I know we're in lockstep here. Look, if this guy plays a decent game, if he doesn't just melt down, the win. Rams should win this game. Yes. Um, are you confident that's going to happen? No, um, I'm not. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he came into the end of the season. He threw eight interceptions the last four games. Yes. Rams had one, you know, three of the four lost the Niners, obviously, in week 18. If it comes in the playoffs, Arizona was a pretty, you know, pretty simplified day for him. I think it was 13 and 17. There wasn't much to do. They ran the ball well. They played good defense. Goes to Tampa Bay, and he was great in that game, right? He was great. And the turnovers were not his fault, right? I mean, there was a, a fumbled snap. that wasn't uh, his fault. There was a, a couple fumbles by Cam Akers. Um, he played a relatively clean game. And then, we go, you know, the Niners game, and he threw one interception. There was a tip ball. Then he threw the, the arm punt that was dropped. But for the most part, he has played very well. Now, I will say this. He's the best in the NFL when someone blitzes him, right, when they bring an extra rusher. Um, he's not very good when you drop eight in the coverage like the Bengals did to the Chiefs. When he has to sit and think, and he's a very good instinctive player, but when he has to sit and think about what's happening, a lot of these guys are that way, right? Um, so I wonder if the Bengals just say, hey, well, man, we're going to run back the same sort of game plan. We're going to make you beat us down the field, and we're going to force Sean McVay to call run plays and those are typically less effective plays than passes, right? If you average five yards a run and seven or eight yards a pass, passing you make you make more yards that way. So I'm curious how the Bengals plays. But yeah, Stafford just plays. If he's 22 of 30 for 285 yards and three touchdowns, one interception, they win that game by two touchdowns probably. Well, and obviously he's been more effective in the postseason with the return of Cam Akers. Yes. It's not like Akers has put up huge numbers, but just his presence in that backfield and that running game. And as you said, going back to the Chiefs loss to the Bengals, for whatever reason, they abandoned the running game. Now, I can't I mean, imagine. whatever that reason. That's what Andy Reid, he throws the ball. It that's just did not make sense of exactly why he would abandon a running game. I don't think Sean McVay is going to make that same mistake. All right, we're going to have much more on Super Bowl 56. Again, we are down here at the tailgate tour at 3rd and Broadway in Santa Monica. Come on down, a chance to win uh, tickets for the Disneyland Resort if you come on down and join us out here. Steve Arbin and Jeff Schwartz, um, we're getting a feeling that tomorrow is going to be the kind of day that is going to probably, I don't know, exceed expectations, or is it going to come short of expectations? Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, it 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. I don't know where you're listening to us right now. If you're standing here in Santa Monica, you're just basking in the glory of an 85-degree day in Santa Monica. To tell you, I mean, you were like thinking, is this Southern California all the time? I've actually looked at the weather report. Tuesday's supposed to be a high of 63 and rain. Yes. Um, It just so happened this warm front descended upon us the exact week 
leading up to the Super Bowl. So fans from everywhere, can you imagine these fans at Cincinnati? We talked to Andy Furman. It's 31 degrees right now in Cincinnati, which is pretty much a norm at this time of the year. I don't know where it is back at your home back in Carolina right now, but I'm going to guess it's uh, not 85. It's sunny like Santa Monica. No, this is definitely spoiling a lot of the fans that are are out here right now. The breeze is fabulous. Um, Yeah, if I I had told you at any time that the hottest Super Bowl ever would be in Los Angeles, which it will be tomorrow, the hottest Super Bowl kickoff. Now, again, it's at 3 instead of being at 6.30, you know, in Tampa Bay or some other warm weather place. But, I mean, it's going to be hot. Remember, this is not a dome, right? So far, it's not a dome. It's open, actually. It's a a stadium with just a A roof roof on top of it. It doesn't even close the stadium. That's why there was a lightning delay this year when Rams and uh, and Chargers Raiders played. You know, the first time I went to SoFi Stadium was early this year with that Chiefs-Chargers Thursday night game, the one that Chiefs won in overtime. Chargers blew that game. And I'm sitting in there. It was that was when we had a deep. It was freezing, right? It was like freezing for oh, L.A. Oh, yeah, let's say. Th- thank I mean, you I for say, but it yourself. was it was you know like upper 40s, and you know it's cold outside. Got a coat on and everything else, and you sit down in your seats. It's like, damn, this it's the same weather inside. So it's not a dome. It is a stadium that has a roof on it. It's going to be a spectacular setting for the Super Bowl. One of the dynamics, by the way, speaking of SoFi Stadium, that I really haven't figured out how exactly they've done it, Jeff, but the acoustics in there are amazing. The crowd noise is deafening. Now, the Rams were victimized by this in those games against the 49ers, but even the game I went to, which was more Chiefs fans than Chargers fans, I was just amazed at how loud that cavernous stadium is. Yeah. It's surprising because it, it's not fully domed in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it is set in the ground, which shouldn't matter very much as, as well. But uh, just the way it's set up, the, the laws to be loud. Now, tomorrow, though, it's not going to be a Rams home game. No. Um, if anything, it'll be 50-50. We know a lot of the tickets, obviously, are, are corporate tickets, especially Most of down, them. down in the lower bowl. But when I went to the Super Bowl now back, Chiefs and um, – and 49ers, it, it was loud. There were a lot of fans for both teams. That in Miami, obviously, it's a much smaller stadium. It felt like a great atmosphere. I would expect there to be a lot of Bengals fans tomorrow. Like a lot. I think they're gonna. I think oh. the Rams are gonna have to, as usual, prepare for a silent cadence at their at their home stadium. There'll be a lot of Bengals fans tomorrow. Regardless of the outcome of tomorrow's game, I don't think any person that made the trip out from Cincinnati to Los Angeles will be disappointed. Is, is disappointed. No, no I mean, chance. this has been like a dream week uh, leading up to Super Bowl Fifty Six. You know, I was just you know thinking of all these years that I've covered Super Bowls, Jeff, and I go back. I always like to say that Radio Row started with me uh, back in 1991 down in Tampa, Florida. The game between the Giants and the Bills, known for two things. Scott Norwood missing the field goal and Whitney Houston's yes. halftime singing of the national anthem. Uh, but uh, Mike and Mad Dog, the legends from WFAN Radio, were there for the Giants, obviously being in the Super Bowl. And uh, I don't know why in the early days of 690 we had sort of launched all sports radio in Southern California. We just decided to make the trip. And we're just figuring, like, is there another radio show here? Well, we know this Mike and the Mad Dog yeah. will be there. So we tried to figure out where are they, right? They're, well, there's a setup in some hotel in Tampa. Okay. So we found out where they were, and we just set up a table next to them. Figuring, well, if they get any guests, yeah, maybe we can look yes, on. That's how it works. And yes. that was the beginning. Uh, my buddy Chris Russo and I always kid. That was the beginning of Radio Row. But when you think about this Super Bowl and just the Super Bowl in general, Jeff, and the magnitude of this event, 
The, the NFL has had another couple of tough weeks. Yes. Uh, the Brian Flores situation suddenly arose. Uh, all kinds of accusations. All the coaching vacancies. I want to get to that in a moment here. And whatever continues to happen in Washington. Like, I, I, like what is? Exactly. Like and we thought that that story was over. It's not. Now the Washington Commanders. Yes. And despite all of that, despite, and I don't know if you got to see Goodell's press conference I, I, on I, I Wednesday. I saw the social media clips. But it I, was unbelievable. He was such a master at deflecting everything. I mean, they were coming after him with a vengeance, yes. with direct questions about minority hirings in this league. Uh, a guy that I know very well, Phil Schumann, who actually uh, has worked here as a newscaster, sportscaster for years uh, in Los Angeles, thought he had him. I know Phil, right? He says, you know, Commissioner, you act like this is something new. You've been on the job for 15 years. And you could see, like, he thought I, he really got him. And, and Goodell's response is, you know, we got to do a better job. All right, next question there. And that was it. Um, but this league is so resilient now it is such a monstrosity it is so indestructible i can't imagine what kind of numbers the super bowl is going to put up um the, the, I pro, have to bowl, ask the you, pro bowl got 6.7 million viewers yes and it was nothing more than two-hand touch football game by the way we looked it up that was the same ratings that one of the nba finals games got and world series and world series yeah, so one. the world series and the nba finals are in that seven to eight million range 6.7 million for a touch football I, game i love football it's my life right. i did not watch a second of that game well i it's was on the air with rich ornberger who was so horrified because we were two hours into our show and the first <laughs> no one actually went to the ground yeah they just like they were like they would basically yeah. wrap up somebody. It, 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 looked, it looked like practice. So in practice, when you can't hit anyone, there's different tempos of practice. But what does this what, tell what, you about this them, league? Well, the players said, a lot of them said, like, look, because, look, we, we heard Dan, Dan Sanders had a tweet. There's plenty of, of older players who don't like it. We, we interviewed some at Radio Row that, that, that talked about their, their dislike for the Pro Bowl and the way it's played now. But players like, look, I have fragrancy in a month. Mm -hmm. If I get hurt in this game... I'm not getting painted for it. Just so why are they even? Well, the, they, you know, the they, NFL said they before the game. They need to do five, just like seven on seven flag football and just be done with it. Well, I mean, they said before the game, as long as the game is profitable, we're going to continue on with the Pro Bowl. And, and it makes money, obviously. Um, so the tempo of that game was like one notch below how you hit in practice. When, right. when, when you don't hit in practice, you go up to someone. Why even bother you putting pads on? It was, it was bad. <laughs> um, but, again, again, if people are going to watch it. 6.7 million people is they're unwatchable. Gonna keep, they're going to keep doing it the way it's done. until Look, think about this. Kansas City had six players in that game. Yeah. Do you think any of them wanted to, go, after they blew that game, wanted to go to Orlando? No, Vegas. It was Vegas this year. Vegas. Oh, it was Vegas. And, and playing the Pro Bowl? No. Yeah, it was Vegas. Not. Alvin Kamara, which is the head yeah, man at there. Yeah, I know. What Vegas was is becoming. That? Vegas is becoming. Yeah. Yeah, was, well, you know, the commissioner was asked about that. Are you concerned about all the things that have been happening in Vegas over the last years? So Raider players and the Alvin Kamara situation. He dismissed it. He goes, no, it's no This is why Goodell gets paid so much money. He yes. don't understand this. They get upset when. when Goodell or when the NFL doesn't answer the question the way they wanted to, but that's why he's paid, right? He's, yes. He gets paid by the owners to, to be the mouthpiece. And you often have you ever noticed too how how different an NFL statement can be than a statement that that, that, that Goodell puts out, right? The NFL for Brian Flores, right? Right. The day that Brian Flores lawsuit came out, the NFL is like, this is without merit. And then five days later, Goodell puts out a statement saying, we need to do better, we need to hire better. And there's always a different tone between Goodell and the owners, and that's why they pay him. 
$40 million a year is now everyone's talking to Goodell oh, he was and never, not to the owners. Look, I've watched a lot of Goodell over the years, Jeff. He has never been better than this. This was – he was an absolutely <laughs> on fire. And in fact, some guy uh, – some Boston guy threw deflategate at him again. Well, Say, well, what has well, happened for, with all the evidence? It's disappeared. Well, and he said, like, yeah, I guess it disappeared. I said something like yeah, that. Yeah. That's the, I said from the beginning, deflategate was, was such BS. I'm glad – I guess it, there's a book out that explains how that ended up being – which it was. It was yeah. – it was – But the guy was, thought, you know, maybe – I'll get Goodell from the side. He was like, ready to go. Yeah, you know, I haven't really thought about Deflate Gate in a while. I, I have no idea what happened to that stuff, but yeah, you know. I mean, just he like was, Spygate, the tapes disappeared. Yeah, the he, disappeared. I'm sure every owner was very happy with his performance out there. No question about that. Um, I do want to ask you, though, about all the uh, coaching vacancies yes. that were filled nine for nine. Uh, as far as minority hirings are concerned, um, you know what? We got two yes. out of nine. Two out of nine. and But there were, though, minority candidates hired in the general manager space. Yeah. Um, some assistant general manager space as well. Some some, some pro personnel. Um, I, I don't have the tweet pulled up, but I, I saw someone tweet out since the Brian Flores lawsuit. There was a, a there was a long list of, of minority candidates that were hired in those kind of executive positions. Um, outside so that, of being a does coach. that put an end to the noise? No, what does it, it, it no, do to certainly. the Flores lawsuit? Well, uh, we talked about this when the Flores lawsuit came down. I, I don't think he's going to win the lawsuit. But it brings it, like, if you went to, you get settled out. Winning the lawsuit, like going to court and winning it, I don't think that's going to happen. But it's obviously brought more attention to the NFL hiring practices. It's made the NFL have to answer questions. It's made ownership have to think about, hey, are we going to hire, what can are we going to hire now? Because it's time about the Texans, right? They hired Lovey Smith. It, it makes no sense even today to hire him. He's been a coach twice. He was so successful in Chicago for a little bit. Wasn't very successful in Tampa Bay. They want to hire Josh McCown, who had never coached any level in his entire life besides Myers Park High School quarterback well, where, coach. Where did that even come from? Because, again, like you say, he's never coached a day. Uh, the Lovey Smith hiring is going to be interesting moving on. Because, it feels like, like the David Coley hire. One-year deal, and then you find well, someone I mean, else. He had success. You look at his nine years in Chicago, he actually had more success than failure there. He was a disaster in Tampa. He was a bigger disaster in Illinois. I mean, they thought, hey, we're going to get Lovey Smith. He's going to turn around this program. We're going to be a force in the Big Ten. It was a catastrophe. It's a, yeah. I, I don't know if that was a reactionary hire by the Texans. It may have been. How about the assistant with the uh, 49ers that got the Dolphins job, who, again, when he announced it, indeed, yes. he was a uh, biracial. Yes. People were like, you are? Yeah, it's it, it, the picture went out. Anthony Hawkins had the picture. Yeah, and he had to explain at the press conference, um, which is unfortunate. He has to go that direction. But and by the way, we don't know. We have no idea who actually his father is, nor do we even have a name of his father. Did you know that? I did not. I did not follow it to, to that extent. Yeah, I mean, they were sort of curious about it. But there's a picture of his parents' wedding, I believe, that was making its way through social media. Um, and the Niners get three, what, two comp picks for that, they, right? Exactly. So, so they get two third-round compensatory picks because he got hired by the Dolphins. So Peter King, I think, had the best, so far, the best I've seen um, as explaining maybe how to fix this issue. And... We, 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 we mentioned, oh, well, it's up to ownership. Yeah, in the end it is, but there, there's, not many, there's not many openings for ownership, right? There's one in Denver right now. So adding minority owners is great in theory, but there's not many opportunities for that, right? Um, but Peter King said, look, we, we know that there's so many offensive coaches hired, right? And the focus, six of the nine coaches were offensive coaches. Did you have to have a minority, uh, a minority um, you know, uh, coach 
touching the quarterback, whether it's the head coach, well, obviously already hired, but an OC, quarterback coach, or an analyst with the quarterback so they learn, I guess, that you know, the, 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 there's a bigger pool of offense coaches to hire from. All right, now, Antonio Brown says he wants to own the Broncos. Let's clarify how this works as far as ownership and having controlling interest. Too, I mean. uh, the expected price tag on the Broncos is going to be a record $4 billion. You have to control 30% of the ownership to sort of be the controlling guy. That would be about $1.3 yeah. billion. So if you don't have $1.3 billion yeah. in your bank account, you are not going to be the no. controlling owner of the Denver Broncos franchise. And I'm fairly certain the NFL wants cash too there's no frank mccourt right there's no, no loan. None they're, of that. They're, they're not taking yeah loans. we want to see your bank yeah account. so we want you know david tepper who was you know the owner in carolina i mean guys are worth 11 billion dollars he just liquidated two to buy the panthers so um yeah the broncos are going so that, yeah, that's what it is you, you know if you if you have a bigger pool of candidates on the offensive side that are minority coaches then i think you'd have i think a hiring practice might change a little bit that's the best explanation I've seen so far of how to make a change. All right. On the other side, I want to do this with Jeff because no one is better at it, and that is prop bets. I know Ooh, you've been living. I want to get into some of these prop bets. I know you've been doing a lot of studying on this, oh, Jeff, yeah. but we know there's a lot of listeners out there that are saying, I want to have some fun. You norm- Normally, I'm not a big gambler, but I like to have some fun when it comes to the Super Bowl and our Super Bowl parties. So, once again, as we're broadcasting out here at the Tailgate Tour at 3rd and Broadway in Santa Monica here, a great venue for our show today, we will give you Jeff Schwartz's best prop bets for this Super Bowl coming up next. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz. Once again, Fox Sports Radio wants to send you to your happiest place on earth at the Disneyland Resort. Enjoy the limited-time Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. Explore a galaxy far, far away at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and go on save-the-day missions at Avengers Campus and come on down here to the tailgate tour at 3rd and Broadway in Santa Monica, for your chance to win. All right, Super Bowl is much more than just a game. In fact, I've said this 
uh, Jeff, I've actually attended, like been at yes. four Super Bowls. Uh, and I haven't been to one since the 49ers blew out the Chargers. Uh, I've always looked back on those four Super Bowls as four games I missed. I mean, I was at the game, yeah. but it's, it's there's so much more to the Super Bowl than just the game. Yeah, but, but now because of the access to highlights so soon after the game, like I was in Miami for Niners and Chiefs, and as soon as the game was over, really the next morning, I woke up and just watched the game again. Like, everything I missed, I just watched it again. Do you still enjoy going to a game? No, uh, depends. I like going with my kids because my kids right. like going. But I would not go by myself. Like, I'm going to be going to uh, being a UCLA yeah. guy. Your parents are UCLA people. You're a UCLA guy at heart, I know. Um, we're, I'm going to take my son to a UCLA basketball yes. game this Thursday. Now, that's a game I'm going to enjoy because, obviously, I have a rooting interest. Yeah, I'm going to be it, into the game and everything else. But, it, I mean, when I went to the Super Bowl, I sort of had a rooting interest in that Charger game, but it got away yeah. from him so quick. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's done with. I just, I, I, I take it back. I like going to games where I'm rooting for the team, like I'm a Giants baseball fan. Right. Or I've, I've never been to a Lakers game at Staples Center, believe it or not. Really? Uh, I guess crypto now. Yeah, never been. I was, went to games as, uh, uh, at the Forum yes. um, as a kid. I like going to Oregon football games. But, again, I've only been with my son since I left. Right. Oregon opens up in Atlanta against Georgia Labor Day weekend. Yes. I will be at that game. Um, so some games I like going to. NFL games, not so much. Super Bowl, though, is it's just such a – like because I was with the Chiefs' friends and family, I went on a bus, and, like, they were, you know, it was easier than just taking myself to the game. I'll tell you when it gets better, right? I remember in 2012-2013, I took my boys to the SC-UCLA game. Rose Bowl, UCLA won that game. Then, of course, they blew them out the year. Orgeron was let go yes. as the interim coach in 2013 at the Coliseum. And at that stage, I think my boys are like, 14, 15, 16, you get to that stage. Then then it really gets good. I I just took my son to see the Lakers when they came to Charlotte. How old is he now? Uh, He's seven and a half. But unfortunately, LeBron and AD did not play. Yeah, that's not bad. So so we we, we got there. My son was like, where's the the guy you you told me about? I was like, oh, he's not playing. So where's the other one? He's also not playing. All right. So we all have fun as far as Super Bowls are concerned. And... We're having fun waving to the crowd. Have you noticed that? Yeah, like again, it's like it's like we're the zoo animals. Yes, we we're are. Just walking by, they don't know idea, no idea what's happening. A lot of beautiful the, people. Our names, by the way, there's no, here our names are not like there's no name tag. And we don't really know who and, we are. Uh, we're just talking just, here on a stage. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's get to these prop bets. I want to sort of disperse these over the course of the next okay. uh, hour and a half. I don't want to give everyone away, um, but that's part of the fun of Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. By the way, we were talking about Quickie Mickey. Um, the one that's singing the national anthem, Guyton? Yeah, she, uh, it's going to go. I, I, I heard the over-under now is lower to 135. Yeah, the over. Quickest, you're going to go over on that? Yeah. Because the quickest ever was Billy Joel back in 2007. He did it in 90 seconds. Minute 30. Yeah. She, uh, it's her Kelly first, Clarkson it's her, did 134. She's had a couple under 135. Mickey Guyton has, yes. Um, this is the this is her first big like stage like this. Right. I think we're going to have – she's going to belt that. Now, she has gone under that. You mentioned, I think, a minute 23 and a minute 31 right. for her two anthems at Now, at she's not going to pull Alicia Keys, who did 236. No, 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 no. But no. remember, too, you have to make sure that where yeah. you wager on this prop – Right. The 
the what the house rules say, right? Because remember, we had we, Gladys Knight a few years ago did the double brave. Yeah. And it depends on whether the first brave or second brave. Do you hold it out like where, where, you know? Does the start? Does the music start and then you start right when the music starts, or does she start 15 seconds in? Well, I thought it's from when she starts singing until the voice so. stops working. It depends. It depends though. Some of them say when the brave is finished, the first brave is done. Yes. If you do a second <laughs> one, then obviously that. that but I, if I would you're go holding over there. on to that brave, I would also take. I would also take. I'm not sure what sports books give this to you, but the next episode, I would, I would believe, is the first song at halftime. Really? There, there's no way they're having a, a, a Super Bowl halftime show in L.A. with Dre and Snoop, and they're not going to be first. How is this halftime show going to work? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. It's it awesome to me. Is it Eminem's it's, part of this halftime show? Yes, it is. It's Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige. Right. It's going to be fantastic. I don't know how it's going to work. They have like 12 minutes to get it done. I don't know. Is that that's, the total that's, that's time my, of that halftime show? But Are they going to work well, together but, or separately? But the time you get the stage set up, yeah. and like, you know, Super Bowl halftime is much longer than normal halftime. It's the NFL halftime is 15 minutes normally. Um, so by the time they get like set up and ready to go, I think I was saying next episode, I, I would imagine, will be the first song. Is so that is guess. that is your prediction for that. All right, now yes. well, I want to get to obviously in game. Let's do real props. Oh, yes. right. All right, <laughs> give me one quick one because we'll okay. check in with Ralph here. But give me give me one right so, off the top right now in game prop that you really like. So I won't give you my favorite one then. I'll, I'll spend yeah. more time on that one. Um, I mentioned earlier I, I like Joe Burrow to go over his passing number. I don't think the Bengals are going to score a lot of points, but the reason why I think he goes over is because of the Rams' defensive line. So. If you are con- continually backed up, right, you run the ball in first and 10, you lose three yards, now second and 13, well, Burrow's got to make that distance up now to get a first down. We saw in the Titans game, he sacked nine times, threw for 348 yards. The more you go back, you have to make that up to get that first down. So there's more opportunities for him to get those hidden yards every time he gets sacked. Obviously, on third down, if he gets sacked, you don't get those yards. All right, what, that, what is and that number right now? It's 275 and a half, the See, number of Fox sounds bet. like a big number. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's the way he gets to because I think they're I think they're behind. Yeah, and he's gonna have to throw to get back in the game, and there's opportunities in the Rams' defense. We'll talk about another prop I like for one of his wide receivers where there are those yards to be had. But I'm telling you, if he it, that, those, that little that little seven eight yards he tries to make up every time he gets sacked is a part of the reason why he threw for so many against Tennessee. Um, they can't win this game, in my opinion. The Bengals with Joe Mixon being like a thirty rush guy, like they, it, it has to be for Joe Burrow to get it done. So I think Burrow over his passing total is, my, is one of the ones I'm, I'm wagering on. All right, so we have over on the anthem. We have yes. over on Joe Burrow's passing yards. Next episode, first song. Next episode, first song of yes. the halftime show. All right, we're going to get more prop bets from a guy that is a little obsessed, at least in my opinion. Okay, He's just a little nervous. <laughs> I know I'm obsessed with really meaningless stats, but Jeff, Jeff takes it another mile on certain things. Uh, let's right now find out what's trending as we welcome back the one, the only, Mr. Ralph Irvin. Ralph. So the first words of the Super Bowl halftime show, according to Jeff Schwartz, will be one, two, three into the four. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre at the yeah, bowl. So, yeah, so yeah, so Dre, so Dre, Dre first words. He's the favorite right now, and so is next episode. It's coming down. Everyone, I think everyone sort of has figured out that's what's happening. Did you see the uh, stage they were all set up except Eminem talking about the halftime show? I did not. And no. Dre was in the middle. Let's put it that way. I, it's I like just, he seemed to be like the main guy. Yeah, he should be. He is yes. the main guy. He is. He's worth over a billion dollars. He could mm-hmm. buy Broncos if he wanted to. He could if he wants to. 
Not a bad investment, by the way. Uh, anything else happening besides uh, Super Bowl, Ralph, or what? Well, yeah, the Super Bowl is going on. Major League Baseball and the Players Union meeting uh, just under an hour today, total meeting time. Players Union not too impressed with what uh, came in the 130-page owner's proposal. Uh, amongst the things that were listed there were the number of times players could be sent up and down through the majors, the the owners were willing to cap that at five. Players want four. It's just everything is not the way the players want right now. A lot of college basketball, though, going on. And we start in Houston, where Memphis leads the number six Cougars. 61-53, 110 to play in the second half. 7.54 to play in the second half. And number 17, Michigan State, a 58-51 lead over Indiana. 11.55 to play in the second half. And number five, Kentucky, 54-42 lead over Florida. 14.42 to play in the second and. It is now number nine, Texas Tech, with a 52-44 lead over TCU. At the half, number 18, Marquette, trailing big at Butler. The Bulldogs with a 42-27 advantage, and it's all tied up at Moorhead State as number 23, Murray State, on the road as locked up at 33, 14-10 to play in the second half. As we send it back to the Third Street Promenade in Southern California, the home of the Super Bowl, it's Steve Hartman and Jeff Schwartz on Fox Sports Radio. Hi, Ralph. Well, thank you as always. And as you mentioned, we're at the tailgate tour at Third and Broadway in Santa Monica, the largest tailgate in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. Now, we've had a lot of traffic. And by the way, there seems to have been a, uh, a sudden reemergence of Bengals fans suddenly showing up everywhere here, Jeff. A lot of Bengals fans out here today. Uh, enjoying the weather out here? Uh, I mean, aren't you a little warm? I mean, this is not 31 degrees like it is in Cincinnati. We just checked the weather. Yeah, sweatshirts and jeans on. Yeah, yeah. sweatshirt. I mean, got the shorts on, but, I mean, seriously, you know, <laughs> T-shirt weather. That's the way you got to go right now. 31 degrees. We just checked. That's the current temperature in Cincinnati, 85 here in uh, Santa Monica. Well, enjoy it out there. By the way, one thing about doing uh, shows over the years on location. Yes. Uh, and this this group has been pretty good, uh, you know, taking pictures with yeah. us in the background and everything else. What always gets to me is when people, like, approach you. Like, you'll be on the radio talking, and then someone tries to engage in conversation with you. And you're looking at, like, I'm on the radio. I mean, uh, I, I really can't put the headset. I would love to talk to you right now, but you know how it is. And uh, But this yeah. group has been really good so far. Yes, and we got an amazing yeah, location it's been, it's here. It's been great. Again, the breeze is, this is why uh, you would move, I'd move back home, right? Like the yeah. weather is just. Well, we're close to the beach here yeah. uh, in Santa Monica, right down the road. I drove up the coast actually from where I live, uh, came out off Las Virginis, where Pepperdine University is, and then came up the coast, Jeff, and there's a lot of people on the beaches today taking it all in. They should be. It should be. It's beach weather, man, in, in, in early you're February. You're a SoCal guy. How much, how much do you miss this? I mean, do you miss well, You've been in Carolina for a long me, time. It but. took me an, an hour to go 12 miles yesterday. I know. So um, <laughs> otherwise, I, I might move back here. And then I saw the, the real estate prices for yeah. a 200-square-foot house. I mean, 2,000-square-foot house. And yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm not coming back here. So uh, I'd love <laughs> Tell to. Tell me about yeah. it. If they want to pay more money, I'm open to it, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And how would your wife feel about that? Uh, I mean, is she enjoying her week out here? She is definitely enjoying her week out here. I, I think she would be open to it. Yeah, possibly. I feel that breeze right now, man. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. worse. <laughs> this is absolute paradise. All right, so we are excited about the game tomorrow, but we are uh, talking to Jeff about prop bets. 
that you might want to engage in to have some fun as far as your Super Bowl parties are concerned. Uh, we've already covered the first song that will be sung at the halftime show. We talked about the over Despite Quickie Mickey Guyton doing the national anthem, you're saying over 135. By the way, to put that number in perspective, last year the number was 159. Oh, yeah. Uh, this year it's at 135 because she's had a couple of halftime shows where she's gone under that number. You're saying play over. And he went over on passing yards yes. for Joe Burrow at around 275. Yes. Uh, so you're going to Again, say, it's, not, it's not because I think he's going to – have this incredible. I think they're going to be sacked so much he has to make up the number. Right. It makes sense. If you yeah. think they're going to be trailing, then obviously yes. they're going to have to put up some passes uh, certainly in the second half. All right. What's your next uh, okay, great so, prop bet for the game um, tomorrow? I like Tyler Boyd to go over his passing total. I think it's 40 and a half. Uh, he's, he's very hit or miss. The last month he's been under this. The previous month he was over this by a lot. Like, 90, like 80, 90 yards. Here, here's why. So the Rams pass defense, we talked about it very good. We know Jalen Ramsey obviously. Uh, we didn't talk about Eric Weddle by the way. In a second. Eric, I will what, get to what, the what Eric, Eric Weddle story. What he's doing is unbelievable. Yes. Um, so the Rams struggled on one part of the field. The short to intermediate passing area kind of in the middle of the field. They're 29th in the NFL in that. Number one in the NFL since week seven of a quarterback to wide receiver connection in that short intermediate of the field. Completion percentage, yards per attempt, and passer rating is Joe Burrow to Tyler Boyd. It's a great connection they have. And with with Uzama, he's going to play, but we'll see how healthy he is this weekend and really tomorrow now when he plays. I think the Rams are obviously going to focus a lot of their attention on on Chase, right? Yes. And I would I would suggest to them, I know they're listening now to what my game plan would be, um, if, if your defense, which it isn't, isn't a defense where you take Ramsey and he follows someone the entire game. Right, we don't expect Ramsey to just well, line up he, on Chase. He wants to, but yeah. I would say play your defense. If that's not your right. defense, don't change for this game. But look, they're going to find ways to roll safety over. It's a Chiefs did, right? The, the, Jamar Chase didn't have this amazing game, the second Chiefs game, right? Unless they, they Chase them. suddenly gets out of control and then they're like, all right, we got to lock him he, down. Possibly, yeah. But he's still going to have reps against Ramsey as well. It's not right. like they won't have him. So there needs to be other options. So Higgins obviously can be one of those options. But I think Boyd is that guy in the middle of the field they target a lot. The number's low, 40 and a half. Why uh, is it so low? Because the last four games he hasn't been that guy. It's been Higgins. It's been Chase and Higgins and Uzama, really. And mm. Uzama's out. Um, again, he's very hit or miss. Like I said, he's either over over 80 yards, over 90 yards, or he is he – is, those are some – those are hot pants. The guy's wearing, like, sweat. Look at that. Look at his pants right now. <laughs> Must be sweating a lot up in there. Um, and he's just been – he's been under the last four weeks. And then, again, before that, he was over very, very over four weeks before that. So I just think that's, that's probably why. A lot of focus. And, look, here's the reason why. All everyone again. You mentioned the prop market. Uh, hold so on, big. your Pringles guy just showed up. I know he's been he's been walking around yeah. the entire time. He's, he's gonna he's talk about warm. How he's, would you he's like, just, uh, just sweating the entire time? How bad's the sweat in there, buddy? <laughs> yes or no? Bad? <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Um, so are I, you capturing all this, Ryan? By the way, our producer on site here. Yes. Everyone, everyone is going to bet the chase over, right? The Higgins over. I think there's a, there's a good possibility for Boyd to go over. That's my second uh, my second right. one. I like. All right, so you like Boyd over? You got a lot of overs here. Uh, yeah, I, I have some under. I, I like the game to go under. I mean, if we're talking about like my so favorite. right now the line is uh, over under is at 48, 48 and a half. Yeah, it was at fifty. It came down. It did come down dramatically, at least initially, steadied out about forty eight and a half. So you think about that, right? So I was hearing like earlier, Joy Taylor, who's all in on the Bengals. Uh, 27-24. Well, that would be an over. Yeah. Uh, she had her brother, the Hall of Famer Jason Taylor, on. He also liked the Bengals, but 24-21, which is an under. 
Um, it's, I, is this look, game going to be here, right on that number? Here's the thing. Look, the, the way this goes over is the Rams, by the way, scoring a bunch of points. The, I, my offensive line heart cannot imagine a game where the Bengals' offensive line, as bad as they are, is going to play well. If they don't play well, which they haven't been, the, I know Bengals fans say, well, we've dealt with this all season long. But you haven't played a pass defense like the Rams all season. Right. And you haven't played a team that has Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. Right. You played Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, Max Crosby in the playoffs. But you haven't played Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Von Miller, who's playing like his 2015 self. He's playing so well right now because there's no attention to him. He's by himself. He, all the attention is to, to, to Donald, who still is wrecking shop. I think Donald MVP plus 1,600. Sprinkle a tiny bit of money. It's probably not going to win that one, but it's kind of fun to, to root for, I think. Also, safety. Can, can, can I make a case for safety? Plus 750? Yeah. How about so, safety? It's interesting. So, um, Heckard, we know, Bram's punter is very good. He can easily pin the, the Bengals inside the five. Aaron Donald, safety. Run play, pass play. Like, like, in, in, all the, in all the ways you think, okay, safety can happen, it's like, oh, that makes sense, right? Punt. Now, the number's not as great as it's been in previous years because I think people are thinking like that as well. But there's a good case where Matt Gay struggled lately, the, mm-hmm. the Rams kicker. Hey, we're not going to attempt a 57-yard field goal. We're going to pin them deep inside the five-yard line, and we have an opportunity with all the guys we have to get a safety. All right, there's a couple of prop bets I have in mind, yes. and I've been, I'm watching. Let me get your thoughts on this. Um, Total number of two-point conversion attempts. Attempts. Is it, is it in one, this game, is it one and a half? It's like a half. Oh, half. Do you believe that there actually will be a not a, not a successful, yeah, but a two-point conversion the, attempt? I think that's a safe play, right? What's the juice on the over, though? Do you know? I'm not yeah. quite sure what it is. But when I saw a half, meaning either you think there's going to be one yeah, or I, there's not going to be one in this game, i got to believe that we're going to see at least one two-point yeah. conversion attempt in this game. It depends what you're laying on that bet. Like, if it's minus 110, great. But if it's your minus 130, you can't – that's a bad bet. All right, so shoes. that's a bad bet. How about this one? Uh, Joe Burrow rushing yards in this game. Yeah, it's 11, right? Something like yeah. that. And um, I would – my my tendency is – I think are- I think the Bengals, what they're going to do, Jeff, here, as far as, again, trying to keep this defensive line of the Rams honest – I could easily see a quarterback draw. We're going to see screen passes to mix in. There's going to be a few ways they're going to try to get rid of the ball quick to try to, you know, you know, somehow keep them from pinning back their ears and just barreling in on Burrow. One way to do that, because we know he can run the football, quarterback draw, a couple of design actual quarterback runs in that game. Well, it would only be a draw. He's not, he's not, they're not running. They don't, right. there's almost no RPOs and they don't. But a play like that could net, you know, nine or 10 yeah, yards. Yeah, it could. And, and we saw his big rushes were against Kansas City, were against kind of two man coverage, right? That the, everyone runs everyone off. Right, right, right. You don't see the, do the Rams will do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I could, you know, I think, I think the idea is more that he gains rushes, rushing yards via just scrambling, right? Like there's, uh, draw to me seems tough when you, do you want him to take a hit? Like, I just, you're basically saying he's getting hit on this play, right? Well, the guy that could be hitting him is one of the big stories of this game, and that is Eric Weddle of the Rams. This guy was out of football for two years. Now, he's going to be calling the defensive signals for the Rams in the Super Bowl. Jeff wants to weigh in on an amazing story revolving around Super Bowl 56 coming up next. 
When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz were at the tailgate tour, the largest outdoor tailgate in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl down here on the corner of 3rd Street and Broadway in the promenade right by Cult, which is a new cafe serving some of the most unique and refreshing coffees and cocktails in Santa Monica. Listen up here, Jeff. They're also hosting a Super Bowl viewing party on Sunday. 25 bucks, all you can eat sliders, Ooh. fries, tacos. Come on down, check us out. We'll be here until 4 p.m. Uh, all you can eat. Uh, I'm sure you could do some damage on that one. Yeah, back in the day, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, I can't do that now. I, it was. It just. Some of the things were like, if you have that meal now, it takes like seven days to work off. It's just not worth it. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, well, then you get to my stage, and you got to be very careful. Um, all right, let, let's talk about one of the amazing stories in this matchup between the Rams and the Bengals, and that is the presence of Eric Weddle. Um, I've known of Eric Weddle for a long time, dating back to his Chargers days. Yes. Uh, I know he was not happy the way it ended with the Chargers. He ended up with the Ravens for a couple of years, and they came to the Rams, played one season, didn't go particularly well, and he called it a career. So he was on the sidelines in 2020. He was on the sidelines for all of 2021. And then the Rams had injuries in their secondary, and they gave him a call. And... (laughs) You know, he had stayed in reasonable shape, and he yeah. thought, what the heck? Let me let me go out there. I don't know how much I can play. In the NFC Championship game, he played every defensive yeah. down. I know you had a chance to talk to he him. He led him in tackles. Yeah. Uh, and uh, led the team in tackles in that game. And now the Rams have said he will actually be calling on the field defensive signals for this Rams defense. <laughs> I know you had a chance to yeah. catch up with him. What do you, what do you make of this story? Well, what's, what's interesting about his story is that he is actually on, on practice squad each week, and they call him up before every game. So, in theory, like, the Bengals could, like, be like, hey, you want to come play for us? We'll pay you X amount of money. Right. He's it, exposed. It, yeah. it, is, it is the playoffs, so you can't you can't actually do that in the playoffs. In the regular season, they could have just been like, hey, we'll pay you more money and come come play for us. And he's actually making half the money, too. He, he brought that up on our show on, on Monday, our Pac-12 show, that he actually isn't even really getting paid to do this. He's just doing it. So the things I found so interesting about this where I said, like, look, Eric, did, did you, you know, we all work out and we're done playing. But did you, did you work out to play football? He goes, no. I just stayed, I had to stay in general shape. Right. They called me and I was like, all right, cool. And my wife and kids were cool with it. I they needed the help. So I came down. And, you know, the first game, he actually played a pretty clean game. He didn't really touch anyone. And we joked about that in his first game. He just kind of stayed out of the way. But he was on the field for a good amount of snaps. I think for him, it, what, what's impressive is, it's his body being able to withstand this. I was terrified he would get hurt in the first game. And he, he mentioned, we talked to him Monday, that, you know, just for him, it's the, the rehab and recovery and the 24-7 kind of just being able to get back on the field after these three games. I mean, it's hard enough when you played all season uh, to be able to come back and play each week, especially as the week gets long. Now he didn't play it all this season. Comes in, and it, by the way, this is not like you're playing the Jets in week 16. This is These are three playoff games. And now he is being trusted, obviously, to be the play caller 
for defense. Um, pretty remarkable what he's done. And I do wonder, though, if the Bengals say, hey, look, we're going to try to attack him because we saw he had a little bit of issues against when well, that was the Niners now. I think he blew one coverage, he said. Um, but I wonder if they try to attack him and say, hey, man, this guy can't keep up. He's only been doing this for a month now. Well, I mean, you mentioned physical conditioning. I mean, there's one thing to stay in shape, and then there's football shape. And and always going back to my experience working in the NFL for the Raiders a million years ago was the Monday after the games. And seeing these guys literally drag their bodies into the facilities and get checked over, whatever, and, of course, watching a little film and everything. Then they get Tuesdays off, and then back in those days, full pad practices, you know, well, starting I, on I, Wednesdays. I I'm, not, I'm old enough where we did, we did full pads on Wednesdays. I mean, so I don't – I'm watching them – over the course of a whole season, <laughs> week right. after week, I, I I don't know how you do it. You I mean, just, see, how do you feel the Monday after? Now, Weddle did admit that he was he's feeling str- it. He's, yeah, he, he's feeling it. Um, the thing is, the older you get, the less you sleep after games because your body is just in like, almost shock. Like you just, I remember the older I got, I just lay in bed after games, especially night games. You're just like wired still. You just can't settle right. down. A day game, you know, you play one o'clock. You get home if you're uh, at home, you know play at home. You get home by five thirty. You have dinner. You, you relax. You go to sleep. But those night games, man. I mean, you get home at, if you're on the road. You don't get home oh. till, till the wee hours of the morning. Even if you're at home, you get home about one o'clock and. You have to eat a little bit and relax, and it's 3 o'clock already, and you're just laying there like, but what do I do to myself? after a game. Yeah. I mean, look, what I mean, does your body you just, feel like? <laughs> you just try to get the facility. Is there anything that doesn't hurt? Uh, I mean, you're feeling. I, no, you just, you, you, the older you get, again, the more you realize what you have to do. Like, when I was younger, you're fine, really. You don't really. Really? But, the old, yeah, the older you get, the more you, and you have, to, you have your routine. I'm sure Weddle has his routine. But remember, guys now do more prehab than when you were with the Raiders. I mean, right. Like, the guys are, they're, they're doing more before they get. I <laughs> mean, they weren't heading out yes. of the Stick and Stein yes. and El Segundo having yeah. beers after every practice no, that, and ribs. That's, and, that's not, I mean, <laughs> what I'll mention, too, how clean he's been eating to, to be in shape. All right, we're going to have much more. Our Coverage of Super Bowl 56 continues. Keep it right here on Fox Sports Radio. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, what a day it has been, and yes, 
We are about 24 hours away of kickoff uh, between the Rams and the Bengals. Super Bowl 56. We're here at the tailgate tour at 3rd and Broadway in beautiful Santa Monica. It's the largest tailgate in Los Angeles for Super Bowl 56. Uh, a lot of things happening this week in the NFL, as always, as we get ready for the Super Bowl. One of the big announcements this week, Jeff, was the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022. A couple things about this class. No quarterbacks, no running backs, no wide receivers. We had two defensive linemen. He got a linebacker. Yes. He got a safety, and he got an offensive lineman. By the way, speaking of that offensive lineman, I had to sit down with Tony Baselli. That day, I already knew that he was getting in. I think he, he already too. knew. He yeah. also did know. Yeah. Uh, we, we had him sort of keep it hush-hush. A giant so, man, by the way, 6'7", oh. 325 pounds, one of the absolute dominant offensive tackles. He's still 20 years after he played his yeah. last game, still considered the prototype. Uh, but what did you make of this Hall of Fame class that included uh, Packers safety, Leroy Butler, the late great Sam Mills, course played yeah. with the Saints and the Panthers uh, Bryant Young 14 years defensive tackle uh, with the 49ers of course Richard Seymour a longtime uh, Patriot and Raider uh, what do you think of that Hall of Fame class and the fact that not exactly the glamour yeah. names that we normally associate with the Hall of Fame because well, because you know, Demarcus Ware, who definitely is, is first ballot worthy, did not make it. Devin Hester did not make it as well. I'm, not, I'm sure the other ones that I'm leaving out that I thought would make it in their first ballot. It did feel like, and these players are all worthy of the Hall of Fame, but it felt like they were kind of getting rid of the backlog, right? Yes. Like they knew yeah. that. House and, clean. And, and I saw people get upset about, oh, this point, Devin, Devin Hester's not in. He'll be in next year. I get it. First ball Hall of Famer, it means a lot. It's very important. It's it's a distinction that not a lot of players have, but he'll be in. So will DeMarcus Ware, right? I mean, if you look um, at some of the names, that, like Jared Allen, yeah. who didn't make it. He'll be in. He'll uh, be in. Like, they're going to be in. But, uh, but he might have a problem. Dwight Freeney is now eligible. Here's the problem. People always think, wow, that's a lot of people going to Hall of Fame class. Do you realize how many people play football? You have 22 players on the field. Yep. Uh, at all times, and when you think about proportionally, it's such a select uh, the, group that get to the, the Hall of is, Fame. You know, when you see baseball have one person go in the Hall of Fame, right? And the NFL is five. You look at the Hall, you know, the, base, the, the football Hall of Fame and think it's yeah. But basically, it's in baseball, baseball you're a hitter, so. you're a pitcher, maybe you have a glove. It's it's a lot different. Football. Well, let's talk about because Baselli, I followed obviously yes. his his path here and. You know, he had a shortened career because of injury. Um, you know, it looks very close to, to how Terrell Davis got in, right? Very Terrell similar. Davis had three great years. Now, one of those years, MVP. I mean, like, he was Offensive Player of the Year, 2,000 yards. Also all, two-time all Super Bowl yeah, champion. Exactly. But Tony, here's the thing about, about Tony Baselli. It's really interesting. He was first-team All-Pro three years in a row left tackle. During that time, he was an first-team All-Pro ahead of four other Hall of Famers. Yes. This is when he had Ogden. Ogden, Rofe, Jones, and uh, and Pace. Yes. So if you're first team all pro. And he, by the way, all three of those years, he had the most votes yes. of any of the offensive so if you're, tackles. And, and some of those guys were young, right? There were right. younger years of those players. But they were also second team all pros. and the fall, so, But like, if you're the first team all pro ahead of four other Hall of Famers, you're probably pretty good at football. Yes. And most people that have covered Tony and watched him play and his, and his peers say he's a Hall of Famer. And obviously his career got cut short because of longevity. 
I like this because I've made the argument that we focus too much on longevity when it comes to NFL players and not about really how good they are. There's a lot of examples coming up. You know, Frank Gore will be one of them, right? Right. Where he has played a long time. And he deserves the benefit of the doubt for playing long. He will be in the Hall of Fame. But Tony Bissett was first team All-Pro three straight years. Frank Gore has been on one All-Pro team's entire career. Like, Tony Baselli was a better football player. Well, Brian Young was one of those prime examples. He played 14 years of the 49ers, uh, Super Bowl champion as a rookie in a season. He started every game from day one. In fact, started all 208 games of his NFL career as a 49er. But he only made All-Pro once. But, you know, 14 years. I don't know. It's interesting talking to you and, let's say, Rich Ormberger, another former NFL offensive lineman, because his attitude about Hall of Fame is that longevity is underplayed. That if you really have a long career, I mean, for instance, I mean, not, Andrew it's not, Whitworth. It's not, it's not under, I mean, but you. I mean, a guy like Andrew Whitworth, uh, who, by the question, way, yes. got uh, the prestigious Walter Payton yeah, Man of the Year. Great. The fact that, and I talked to Tony Baselli about Whitworth uh, and the idea of a forty-year-old uh, still playing tackle and starting in a Super Bowl. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Steve. Yeah. I go. I go back to this, this argument I make. It's like. It's not, in my opinion, it's not Hall of Longevity. It's Hall of Are You the Best Player. Right. Right. And so Whitworth is a, is a fantastic football player. Uh, he's played a lot of snaps. He's very good at football. But if you look at his career, how often was he in the top three of offensive tackles? I, I, on the top of my head, I, I mean, Joe Thomas has been playing this time. Trent Williams has been playing. By the way, Joe Thomas Ter- is Ter- coming Ter- up Ter- in the hall. Uh, He'll yeah. be a first ballot Ter- Ter- guy. Teron Smith has been playing yeah. during the time. Jason Peters has been playing during this time. My brother, uh, Lane Johnson. I mean, like all these guys that are going to be, you know, my brother probably didn't play long enough. It's <laughs> uh, definitely a, a <laughs> We, definitely we are, are having people soliciting their business. As, Hi as, there. As we're talking. Um, so, again, it's nothing to diminish Andrew Whitworth's career. He's a fabulous career. But, again, it, it, is, it, is it Hall of very good for very long, or is it the best players to ever play the game? Well, you and I are lockstep. I mean, if I were in charge of any of these sports Hall of Fames, the actual number of people in the Hall of Fame would be diminished like, greatly. If you weren't the absolute best, absolute best, or in the yeah. top two or three of what you did, whether it was a hitter or a scorer in basketball or any position player in the NFL, if you weren't at that level at some point of your career, I don't care how long you played, I'm sorry you're of the Hall of the Very Good and the Hall of Fame. And, and by the way, I've been hearing this argument. Are you ready for this one? So, I've been hearing people actually go on various venues saying that if Matthew Stafford wins this Super Bowl, he's a Hall of Famer. Because uh, he's compiled some big career numbers, figure that he plays another three or four years, he'll be at the same level stat-wise as a guy like Matt Ryan or a Phillip Rivers, but he would have won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy's made one Pro Bowl in his entire career. Uh, not this year, by the way. Um, so th- th- this is the longevity question, right? right. Because especially with quarterbacks, the longer and the more these quarterbacks play, and they're playing longer now, and the inflated passing numbers are going to lead to Matt Stafford eventually being the all-time leader in passing yards. Right. But that, that's that's a real possibility. But, I mean, you've got Aaron Rodgers, I, I, Peyton you. Manning, so again, Tom Brady. I mean, come on. Right. So, again, is he ever it, in that so it's again, is, is it, again, is it Hall of playing a very long time and putting up a lot of passing numbers, or is it just being the best football player, right? Yeah. And to me, it's being the best. And that's the way I will look at the Hall of Fame. I think we're, we're, we agree. And I, and I didn't play. I mean, I played eight years. It wasn't like I played 20 years. I, I get how hard it is to play a long time in the NFL. But that doesn't, again, that to me, a lot of, and I was one who was unlucky. I was hurt so much. 
I look at and longevity as almost luck. Like, right. I, I did nothing less than anyone else did to prepare, and I got hurt all the time. And so to me, it's less about, obviously, to me, uh, about, like, some, some – it's just good fortune. It's not like I, – I, I wish I wish that I didn't break my leg so many times, but it had nothing to do with how much I trained. It's always amazing to me, Anthony Munoz, who is arguably one, two, three on the all-time list of offensive yes. tackles. At USC, he had nothing but injuries. He was constantly hurt at USC. He was drafted third overall because of his physical, uh, physical prowess by the Bengals. He, like, never missed a game. And once he got to the pros, yeah, so you're right. I mean, a little luck, uh, luck there. I, I don't know. Again, when I when we talk about the Hall of Fame and you know congratulating these guys. By the way, did you you went up against Richard Seymour? Did you not? No. You never got a chance to go no. against Seymour. I, I mean, I was. We put new the because uh, he was, was with the Raiders at the end. I was mostly in the NFC, so I didn't play. I didn't play yeah. AFC teams very often. You played yeah. four a year. Um, no, we played the Raiders. What year did he retire? So he played until 2012. Yeah, I was on the Chiefs in 13. Yeah. So I missed him. Yeah, 2012, I think, was his last year. I think, I think I played the Raiders once in the first five years of my career. Yeah, 2012, 2013 was his last year. That was, I never get when New England gave up on him. Right here was one of the best defense, like three straight years, first team all pro so in New Belichick England. Always done. He started to till a little bit of wear and tear, and that was classic of New yeah, England. The, they got rid of him. The, the Hall of Famers. And he had I, some good years with the Raiders, but, you know, not the, as tough. The Hall of Famers I've played against, Julius Peppers, which I played against in practice for two years. And yes, then he, he will then be a first, Bears. should be a first He's ballot unbelievable. Um, uh, I did never play Donald, thankfully. Oh, that would have been bad for me. Uh, and Dominican, too, probably, not, probably won't make the Hall of Fame. Hall of very good. Played against him. Kevin Williams, I don't probably not for the Vikings. Again, very good, but not like. Um, Kevin Williams, to me, is one of those guys that. I don't think I ever played I think because he's, he's at the name. I don't know what it is about Kevin Williams, but if you look at his accolades, yeah. he was a pretty good player. Oh, he, the, the Williams wall, right? It was him and, yeah. um, and Pat Williams in Minnesota. He was really good. He did this double hand swipe. Um, before that was kind of popular. Did you see Senators. Dwight Freeney? Um, not when I was at tackle. I was no. at guard, yeah. and we played them. Um, no, Mathis was there, and Freeney had left. Yeah. Um, but those interior defense alignment, the guys you wrestled with all the time. Yeah, I'm trying to think about I, I had to play other guys. I mean, I played Haloti, who should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure he will be. And then obviously, you know, we played Ray Lewis and other defensive players, Patrick Willis, that were just the top of their game for so many years. Yeah, Willis is, uh, again, not in. I I, I, he, I know he, he had a shortened career, but I, come doing, on. The he was guy the was, best middle linebacker. He was. Yeah. I mean, he was eight years in the league, seven Pro Bowls, five times all pro. Zach Thomas is another guy that got bypassed and That's the again. thing about about this. Again, I think that, you know, people look at longevity again. I mean, I, maybe I'm jaded because of all the injuries I had, but I look at it as like a luck thing rather than a skill thing. Um, and I and, and there is some again playing 15 years at a high level or playing 10 years. I mean, you know, 10 years and five All Pros or 15 years and four All Pros. What's a better career? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I mentioned that to Baselli that I don't care how long you played, you dominated, and you should have been in the Hall of Fame earlier. But now he's a Hall of Famer. All right. On the other side, we're going to add another voice to our breakdown of Super Bowl 56. Our Fox Sports Radio NFL Insider. Adam Kaplan will join us coming up next. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
and even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz. We're talking about different uh, levels of fatherhood. Oh, yeah. Uh, you still got, uh, you still have the little ones. Mine are in their 20s now. Yep. That, Goes next level, Jeff. You got a daughter. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, she's, uh, she's yeah. five and a half. <laughs> my son is seven and a half. And I can already see, you know, my daughter asked uh, yeah. the other day to take a picture with Peace symbols and the duck face. So sure, sure, we're already, sure. We're already getting there. Uh, by the way, Fox Sports Radio wants to send you to Disneyland Resort where you can enjoy the Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival. Come on down here to the Tailgate Tour at 3rd and Broadway in Santa Monica for your chance to win. Well, join us right now as he graciously does every single week. But this week a little different because he's been everywhere this week. Did you see him this week at Radio Row? You were out there too early. No, because I'm always, I was out there I, at between 6 and 9 a.m. Fox Sports Radio Insider Adam Kaplan. Now you did not see me anywhere. I was there hanging out with Ornberger, Rich, and I doing our week show, uh, six to nine a.m. You weren't out there nearly that early, right, Adam? No. No, I was not, guys. Good to be with you. I, I, I don't know how this happened. I happened to be playing at the Bengal Players, Wives, and Family, and all the cheerleaders hotel here in Los Angeles. Don't ask me how that happened, but I am. Uh, well, very good, Adam. All right, so we're breaking down this game right now, and I'm going to tell you where Jeff and I are sort of sitting yeah. at this point. Is I mean, if you if you really step back and take all the emotions aside, the only way I see the Rams losing this game, and I think Jeff will say the same thing, is if um, and it's not impossible that Stafford has some kind of meltdown, which we have seen on occasion. Because man for man, the Rams they just have better players than the Bengals. Yeah, Steve, I would say that just talking to the ex-players this week uh, on Radio Row, that's what they all thought, that the, the Rams clearly have the better roster. doesn't mean they'll win, but they have the better roster. They've got you know, more experience, and they should win. But I think we all learned our lesson. Just because Joe Burr was down 18 points doesn't mean he can't bring him back. And that's that's something that I'll consider looking at as this game progresses tomorrow. The, if the Rams do get a big lead, don't count out those Bengals. Maybe it's because we like rooting for underdogs, um, but it just seems yeah. very odd, the vibe this week, where it feels like the Bengals have already won this thing, right? We're, we're, we're talking dynasty already, some people are. Uh, <laughs> Joe, Joe Burrow is, is the next Tom Brady. 
It just seems like a lot, doesn't it, Adam? <laughs> Jeff, we, it just seems like in the media, a lot of people try to, they want a big picture. Okay, who are these and, and what's this team going to be in the lore of, of Super Bowl winners and could they be a dynasty? You know, the Rams are a, 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 a now team. You know, they, they, they've given away so many future first-round picks. They're not an old team, though, other than obviously the great Andrew Whitworth, left tackle at 40 years old. But they, they don't have a lot of room here to add a lot of players. It's kind of like they have to win with what they have. Right. I remember talking to the Raiders who practiced with them um, during training camp. They felt the same way that they were a 22-man starting unit, not a lot of depth, and they're a win-out team. I think it's kind of why they've gotten here. Really good starting unit, unit. There's no question about it. There's one matchup in this game that, at least on paper, is one of the greatest mismatches in the history of the Super Bowl, and that is that Bengals offensive line against that defensive front of the Rams, led by, of course, the immortal Aaron Donald, not to mention a uh, suddenly rejuvenated Von Miller getting one-on-one blocking and doing a lot of damage out there. What, What do you think offensively the strategy is going to be to at somehow neutralize as best they can that defensive front of the Rams? Yeah, and they're going to have to get rid of the ball quickly. No, there's no question about it. In fact, if you remember in the Titans game where they gave up nine sacks, I'm sure you saw C.J. Uzama, who will play, by the way, I believe, with his uh, spray, his MCL sprain. You saw him get involved uh, you know, quite a bit over the middle, Tyler Boyd, and they're just going to have to dump it off to Joe Mixon, something like that, because it's going to be bad. Uh, in that game, in fact, the Titans, five out of their nine sacks came in, uh, came on from the interior. That, to me, is absolutely a difference in this matchup and why I'm, I'm leaning towards the Rams. One thing I don't think has been talked about enough this week is the 2018 loss the Rams faced uh, in the Super Bowl to New England. Because after that game, Sean McVay admitted, I overprepared, right? I spent too much time basically worrying about everything that Belichick could do to us and didn't kind of focus on what we could do and, and the changes we can make to prepare for that game. How do you think that changes the way the Rams prepare for this game, knowing that they overprepared just four years ago for the, in the same spot? Yeah, you would think they would learn. I, I've talked to coaches who have coached in the Super Bowl. They kind of learn from the first time and, and make some subtle adjustments. You can't, you know, and by the way, I believe they're staying in the same hotel that they stayed in during the regular season, which is interesting. So, out here, they're playing in their home stadium. Now, you know, by the way, you mentioned McVeigh. I know some coaches who felt that he's so overwired in that something that if he because he's all right, are we losing Adam, guys? All right, we're, we're going to try to reconnect. Yeah. Adam Kaplan is on. I want to hear, on, I, I want to hear exactly yeah. what he has to say right there. We'll catch I, up I think with that's Adam something Kaplan. That, that is under-discussed in this game because, you know, he came into that New England game, and I just – the offense looked paralyzed, right? New England came out and ran – you know, six, you kind of had a 6-1 defense to take away the outside zone. They had no answer. And look, the answer for taking away the run game is, is Matt Stafford. That's why they went and got Matt Stafford. That's the difference between him and Jared Goff is that and there are times, obviously, I've joked about calling Matt Stafford Matt Goff just because the numbers look very similar, at least the, the advanced stats do. But in the end, he has an elite arm that, that Goff just doesn't have. And, well, and, and, and you know, I've been saying this. When you look at their journey to the NFL, Matthew Stafford was the number one overall pick in the draft. Drafted by a perennial loser, the Detroit Lions. Yes. All right. Uh, let's get back. Adam, you were talking. We lost you, and we want to hear the rest of what you had to say. Yeah, I was just talking about Sean McVay and how, how sort of you, Jeff asked a question about over-repairing. I'm just talking more about the future as a coach, about how hard he coaches and how he needs to take time away from the game. I've heard from people who work with him before. It's something to keep, keep a look at over, over time because we saw Sean 
And obviously, it's going to do me well. All right. Well, we're having we're having a little problems there with Adam. Obviously, it's I can't. Uh, well, we'll do our best to try to hook up at a better spot with him. But I want to bring up this uh, point here, Jeff, about the uh, career paths of Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow. Yes. Because Stafford was drafted by a perennial loser, the Lions, and he never won a playoff game in 12 years as a starter. Joe Burrow was also the number one overall pick with a perennial loser, the Cincinnati Bengals, and he's in the Super Bowl in yeah. his second year. So what what well, is the difference between I mean, a Joe Burrow and a Matthew Stafford? Both had the physical tools, yeah. but one guy has had, you know, in two years this kind of success, whereas the other guy, and by the way, both gifted with outstanding young wide receivers, whether it was Calvin Johnson or Jamar Chase. What's the difference? I'm glad you mentioned Calvin Johnson. It's one of the biggest things that, that I misconception about Matt Stafford's time in Detroit. We always hear he didn't have any weapons. He had a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He didn't have any weapons. He was the best receiver yeah. in the league. <laughs> like, I was like, didn't By have, far. Like, he has, he no weapons except the Hall of Famer that he has. Yeah. Um, look, to be fair, the, the Bengals, though, were winners with Dalton. Like, I mean, they didn't win a Super Bowl, but they were competitive each year. So there was a little bit of, of success they had. Before Burrow got there, but yeah, I mean they were you know they were two and fourteen the, the year before, and then they won four games when he was hurt. But obviously. I mean, do you see a dynamic well, difference I, I, of personalities? No, X factor. What is it? I think it goes back to what I, I mentioned earlier in the show, and I've mentioned a lot this week. Is there is a you call it coolness factor, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use for it, but there's a confidence that Joe Burrow has that exudes through the team. And no matter the situation, they always feel like he can do it because he has, for the most part, right? He, he won a national championship in college. Uh, he's won every big game. I think he's played in the NFL so far, including the three playoff games this season. And again, it, it's not – the three playoff games weren't because of Joe Burrow. No. They were because of the entire team playing well, right? And and the defense but picked up the But that's the slack. X factor that right. he, his confidence, his bravado, yes. his uh, cockiness, I mean, swag, you know, whatever, basically it, carries over from the yes, whole team. And when you play with a quarterback like that, I played with Eli late in his career after the Super Bowls, but there was still some of that sense where no matter what happened in the game, Eli would make you right in the end. And I think it's what Tom Brady, the best thing Tom Brady does, obviously he's very good, but the stuff like he goes to Tampa Bay and all of a sudden they're like, we can win any game we want because of Tom Brady. And it, when you're down 21-3 to on the road in Kansas City, you, you, you think to yourself, there's no way we're going to win that game. But they never panicked at all. And I think that stems from having Joe Burrow. All right, let's get back to Adam. We want a clear signal, and now we got it. Adam, yeah. continue your conversation about Sean McVay. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, just on McVay, the, the issue has been, just talking to people who work with him, he's a little bit tightly wound. You know, over time, in, in the following years, he's got to find a way to sort of wind down and, and get away a little bit because you worry that of, about burnout, and that, that's kind of what I was leaning to, toward. Because we saw what happened with Sean Payton, who was obviously older and has been through a lot more than Sean McVay has been in terms of his career. But just one thing to take a look at that was not really discussed a lot this week. People always ask, well, what are some things that were on your radar this week? It's just talking to people who have worked with McVay, know him, say that they do worry about how long he will coach. That's just a thing to keep an eye on over the months and years as he coaches. Well, let's get back to the urgency for the Rams. Um, yep. They're all in. Uh, you know, they made all their deals, and they've gutted their drafts over the last several years to win right now. I'm a big fan of winning now. But what is this Rams lo- roster going to look like next year? Yeah, they'll be okay. They're, they're not, other than Andrew Whitworth, the 40-year-old, 40-year-old left tackle, they're not super old. Yes, you do worry about them not having a lot of first-round picks in future years. They just don't have any. 
But th- as the Raiders told me when they practiced with him, this is a 22-man roster, 22-man starting unit. That's maybe one of the best in the National Football League. They could certainly go far with it. They'll get Robert Woods back, uh, one of their starting receivers from his ACL injury. They feel pretty good about it. The, the thing that they've done, which is also another thing that people have to take a look at, they've done a phenomenal job of signing undrafted free agents and also late-round draft picks because they've had to. That's a kudos to their, their personnel department. That's, that's something they're going to have to continue to do a good job of. I'm glad you mentioned the personnel department because uh, Carson Palmer went on the radio this week in, in Radio Row and said basically he doesn't trust the Bengals to improve this team this offseason, right? That it, it obviously yeah. worked, right? We, we, we don't spend a lot of money on our scouting department, and so therefore we're going to keep doing what we're doing now. They did spend some money in free agency this past yep. year. Is that, is that Carson Palmer just being a little bit bitter about the way things went down in Cincinnati, or is there a concern you think that they just won't do enough to uh, to surround Burrow with, 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 with the people needed to make this a thing uh, that goes longer than a year. Well, I will say this, though. When I started covering the league in 99 and 2000, they had the smallest, they, they had the, and they still do, they had the smallest scouting department because they didn't have any scouts. The coaches were responsible for doing their scouting. That's a true story. Wow. Now, in recent years, they've, they've added scouts. Um, they've got, got the great Duke Tobin, uh, Bill Tobin's son, who does a really good job. Um, it is a concern, but I have to say this, though. Uh, you look at what they've done in free agency. Larry Ogunjobi, who broke his foot, unfortunately, who, who did well uh, before he, he got hurt. Trey Hendrickson has had a great season. People were really wondering about him. Was he a flash in the pan after the one big year with the Saints? He has not been. He's been terrific. Uh, the free agent was a, a, a Chido Woozy. He's a starting corner. He's done a nice job. Even even uh, Eli Apple, I mean, not very good, but... Look, this is a guy that was taken off the scrap heap. And Trey Flowers, by the way, is their, their tight end matchup, who's a tall safety, who, who the, the Seahawks did want. But, you've, Jeff, here's the point, though. You do worry about smaller scouting departments because that means that they're not spending enough resources. And you do, you, sometimes you don't draft well enough. They've had some, I would say, mixed results from people who evaluated the roster in, 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 over the years. But they've not gotten Joe Burrow wrong, that's for sure. All right, so bottom line in this game tomorrow, Adam, and and one thing, again, I think we'll all agree on, if this is a one-score game halfway through the fourth quarter, I wouldn't bet against Joe Burrow. Maybe there is something about this guy that can take him over the top, but do you think we're actually going to be there? Do you see this as a one-score game midway through the fourth quarter? I see it a little bit like the Kansas City game. Yes. Not that they're going to be down 21-3, to but where the, where the Bengals will make it close in the end. That's kind of the way I see it. I could see the Rams getting a decent lead. And by the way, I don't know that home field's going to matter all that much. I, what, what home field? There's just no home field in this game. Yeah, exactly right. Five and three. I, I mean, they may be playing at home, but I don't, I don't know how. Although I've talked to people who've gone, they said it's very loud in there. I still it believe is. the Rams will win it, 27 to 23. There it is. Adam Kaplan, after three attempts, Adam, loud and clear. You we always appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your Super Bowl week, Adam. There he is, our Fox Sports Radio insider, Adam Kaplan. All right, let's find out what's trending right now as we welcome back Ralph Irvin. By the way, I said that on the loudspeakers here, Ralph, and everyone just looked. And the, the cheer. Like, is Ralph here? And we're like, no, he's not here. But he's on the air. Not mm-hmm. here, but he's on the air. Yes, that I, yeah. that I am, yes. They heard that name's magic. I, I, I think that... Uh, Jeff exposed one of the foolish narratives, though, comparing uh, the Bengals and the Lions. The Bengals have like have now had three quarterbacks win, play, you know, go to the playoffs in a row with Carson Palmer and and 
and Andy Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. yeah, and Detroit hasn't had a quarterback win in the postseason since. How do you how do y'all feel? Eric about- Kramer is the only guy to win a playoff game for the Lions since they won their last NFL championship in 1957. How, how, yeah. how do y'all feel about the the Detroit Rams shirts being sold in Detroit? <laughs> <laughs> y- yes or no? Uh, that's a hard pass, right? It's a very hard pass. Okay. And it is funny when people talk about the sad fans in St. Louis. Um, I was at a Super Bowl party with one Steve Hartman in early 2000 when there was a Rams Super Bowl. that. Oh, I have to share that moment. Uh, So when the Rams beat (laughs) the Titans to win the Super Bowl, we were doing a viewing party in Orange County. Now, remember, they'd only been gone five years. And... All these Ram fans are all excited and everything else. And Georgia Frontier, the owner, gets her hands on the trophy. First thing out of her mouth was, it just goes to show we made the right move coming to St. Louis. And this place went dead silent. And I got on the on mic. I said, I told you. <laughs> Ooh. Remember the silence, Ralphie? It was unbelievable. Yeah, it reminded me from that time that I, you know, you, you deny I do all the work on this show. But yeah. anyways, we <laughs> go back. One game going on right now in the NBA. 7.07 to play in the third quarter. The Knicks with a 69-56 lead over the Portland Trailblazers. Already three Knicks in double figures, led by Kemba Walker with 19. 16 for Julius Randle. Quentin Grimes has a dozen. On the college hardwood, well, it's been a furious comeback for number 18 Marquette, but right now they are down 83-79 with 9.1 seconds left to play. They're facing off against Butler at Indianapolis. Number 7 Duke, a 51-43 lead over Boston College, 11.5 to play in the second half in that contest. Number 4 Arizona trailing at Washington. The Huskies with a 27-17 lead, 8.5 to play in the first half. 7-1 to play in the first half. Michigan leading number 16 Ohio State. 16 to 14. Finals in. Wins for number nine, Texas Tech over TCU, 82-69. Number five, Kentucky over Florida, 78-57. And we will send it back. It is a Fox Sports Saturday. Steve Hartman, Jeff Schwartz, getting you ready for the Super Bowl in Southern California. All right, Ralph. Well, as always, great job. And once again, we're here at the Tailgate Tour at 3rd and Broadway in Santa Monica, the largest tailgate in Los Angeles uh, for the Super Bowl. All right, I I need to find out, Jeff. uh, Any more prop bets we'll get to. Obviously, we'll have our final uh, predictions on a score for tomorrow's game. Uh, But give me the the Schwartz setup for the Super Bowl tomorrow. What what is on tap for the actual game? I think I'm going to a friend's house. It's the first time I haven't either. I haven't been home for Super Bowl in a long time, but I'm. I, I just like I haven't been able to see everyone I need to see, and like there's been a lot of people. There's one house, so I'm going to go down to Manhattan Beach and do that because I'm. Uh, I was thought I had to be at Fox. I, I will, but we're doing our show earlier tomorrow. We're going to hit uh, Fox Bet Live and kind of go over all the props again. I mean, the thing about the Super Bowl is you can get you kind of can overdo, I think, a lot of the the, anal- you know, the analysis of the game. Yes. Um, and yeah. we're kind of keeping it steady. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go watch it a house. Um, you know, it, it, the Chiefs aren't in it this year, so two straight years of, like, high-stress Super Bowls. It would be nice to, to sit and watch this game. Um, I haven't wagered much on the game. Uh, I have a couple props I told you guys I like. Um, I, I was waiting to take Rams' money line, but it keeps, it keeps fluctuating – over the play, I think I think I've been seeing tweets where the Rams money line's been taking some some more action today. 
Um, I just think, again, I have to think it matters that you who, who the better team at blocking and tackling is. Well, it's interesting on the line on this game. So it opened at three and a half, pretty quickly but went hammered. to four and a half, yeah. and then it dropped back down to four. So it seems to have settled in There's no at ed- four. The thing about this game, though, there's no edge in this game, right? Because everyone is wagering on this game. Right. The, I think the way to do this, if you if you like the Bengals in this game, take them straight up. Don't take them to cover because most teams' underdogs just win straight up or don't cover. Right. That, that's kind of that, that's a Super Bowl in, in essence. And really, there haven't there hasn't been a close game now. I mean, there was an overtime Patriots uh, Falcons game, but that was ended up being a six point win. That was a push. There hasn't been a close Super Bowl since when was the last one within was within three points? Was it? Well, yeah, the Eagles and the Patriots. Oh, it was twenty seven. Yeah, that was eight points though. Uh, well, the final was eight the final points. Was eight points. Well, well the year it, before it was, that was Atlanta and uh, it was six points. Be a six-point well, final. That, well, that's rare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it was. I think it was. Um, it was Seahawks Patriots was the the game where the right, Butler right. game. Yeah. I think was the last like close Super Bowl. That's interesting. So they're actually but, not. They're, they've been, without this four. They've been above the four-point spread. All right. I know. I really date myself every once in a while. But the first time I actually laid some serious money on a on a Super Bowl was Super Bowl sixteen. Yeah, By the way, the Bengals' first Super Bowl against the 49ers, Joe Montana's first game. But the reason I mentioned that game, so we're in Vegas. There was only one place then to actually wager on sports. It was at the Stardust. Even the Olympiad at Caesars had no yet. And the line dropped from the 49ers at a point and a half, which yeah. is what we got, taking the Niners, to pick them in like an hour. Like you talk about a late so, rush on money, you're, you're the Bengals, it piled so in yeah. on the Bengals in the last second, I, which obviously made me a little nervous. Could you see that? Could there be a late run on one of these teams? Well, you're not. I don't. I don't have it. I don't know what those cell services. I don't know if you can figure out what, what the right. line is at now. Um, I, there's not. So you're not. Four is probably where it's going to end up because if you have, if you want the Bengals, you've already gotten a chance to have the best number four and a half. Right. So, and obviously, if you're the Rams, you want them at three and a half. I think if this line gets below four, the Rams' money comes pouring in, right? If this line goes up to four and a half, the Bengals' money comes pouring in. I think they want to keep it as best as possible at four, obviously. Right. right. The, the idea of, obviously, a sportsbook is to not have liability too much on either right. side. Sportsbooks want the Rams in this game. They have a lot of Bengals' liability because everyone is wagering on the Bengals. That's actually, I feel much better about taking the Rams for that reason as well. Like everyone is on the Bengals covering this game. Again, most Super Bowls, if you like the underdog, take them outright. And then, again, if you like the favorite, I would just money line them. But a lot of these Super Bowls have not been, by the final score, has not been terribly close. Again, the, the overtime game ended up being, um, ended up being, yeah, so four and a, yeah, so it's, a, it's still four right now. I don't think it's going to, again, I don't think it's going to end up changing very much. Aaron Donald, by the way, is MVP plus 1,400. That was plus 1,600 yesterday. So that's, that's there's money on, on Donald coming in on that. Alright, well we're going to make our final predictions, final score, who will be the Super Bowl most valuable player, and then any last second prop bets that might enhance your Super Bowl experience coming up next. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Steve Hartman and Jeff Schwartz hanging out today here at the beautiful Tailgate Tour, 3rd and Broadway 
in Santa Monica. It has lived up to the hype. It's the largest tailgate in L.A. for the Super Bowl. Uh, we are the last of the shows for Fox Sports Radio that will be on this location. Uh, could this have worked out any better for us? This tarp has been great. Yeah. And the breeze has been immaculate. It's been an amazing been experience out here. Uh, want to thank our crew today, though. Uh, Iowa Sam, who should be out here, but I, he's not. Uh, yeah, I know. Just slacking. Right. Uh, but somebody has to push buttons back there. Yeah, somebody has to push the buttons. Uh, Ralph Irvin, of course, he's got a lot of fans out here in Santa Monica. They just clapped again for Ralph. Uh, Danny G, our brilliant producer, who is already predicting that the Raiders will also be hosting a Super Bowl in two years. Yes. Sure. Uh, uh, when Vegas will be the uh, site for Super Bowl 58. You're pretty confident about that, Danny. For sure. We'll all be out there speeding 108 miles per hour in our cars. <laughs> yes. We'll be getting into a lot of trouble like <laughs> everyone else. And, of course, Ryan hanging out here. Jeff on one of those scooters. Dude, I, dude, I, I saw I, that video, Jeff. Well, I was scootering. I, I scootered through a part of downtown L.A. that I probably shouldn't have been in a Thursday night at about, uh, at about 1030. Not, I looked Somebody it up. try to get me on one of those scooters. I, I will not go on I, those scooters. I, I looked it up. The part of town I was in, um, yeah, I should have avoided that part of downtown L.A. No. I was the only person, I was only person in that part. There was no cars, no pedestrians. It was me just scootering right through the part of town. I mean, someone tried to get me. I cannot do See, those it's actually much. It's much easier than you think. I, I'm a large gentleman. I know you are. And, but I, and I went in my flip-flops for one of the rides. You can do it. I just, I, I can do it, but I envision trouble. Uh, Ryan, you've been out here all day, I take? I have, yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. I hope everybody that's walked by has seen me sitting here with my computer open and thought, oh, he's he's doing something. He's working. He's it's, actually doing it's not something. actually, it's a, real, it's a prop. It's not actually a real computer. <laughs> It's a fake computer, I mean, there, there is. and it's not, it's a prop, uh, and it has nothing on it at all. I got so. to drink a couple of beers with Ryan yesterday on Radio That's Row. Right. Really? Yes. Ryan a couple did all, of beers, or did you lose count? Well, Ryan had a couple of beers. I had a soda. Yeah. That's, that's Wait, there's beer radio row? <laughs> no, no, it's uh, at a restaurant. Oh, believe me, there was no food at radio I, row. I was, I was a bag of chips. There was there was there was there was like a VIP uh, green, uh, green room area for talent. Yeah, I saw um, that. And there was no food in that room. No, either. there was a uh, coffee. There was I'm coffee, a little, little bit of snacks a soda. There was a soda machine where you get free soda. Did yeah, it was, I was. Yay. Normally, the, yeah. the food's pretty good at the Radio Row. It's been <laughs> yeah. most years. Well, maybe next year in Arizona or the year after in Vegas. I'm sure if we have passed this COVID situation, uh, by the time we get to Vegas, we're going to have a blast. All right, Jeff, uh, we've covered a lot of ground here today. We've been talking about this game for a couple of weeks, and here we are. We are 24 hours away from kickoff of Super Bowl 56 between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, give me a final score and a prediction on who will be the Super Bowl most valuable player. Well, start the season, you couldn't have convinced me the Bengals would be here, and you couldn't convince me that Matt Stafford will be a Super Bowl champion. But here we are. Um, I think the Rams win this game uh, 27-13. I, look, um, it, it has to matter. You can't block the best defensive line of football. We saw last year, and foolishly, I was one of these people that said, hey, look, man, the Chiefs offensive line, they'll be fine. Pat Mahomes will do enough. Come on. Like, you, 
you, they, they're not going to run the football. Or like, you can't run the football, and then you can't protect Joe Burrow. You can get lucky. I mean, you can make plays enough they did against Kansas City. But again, it comes down to Stafford, man. If Stafford just doesn't lose the game for the Rams, you're going to win this game going away. Um, and I think there's something to to the Bengals being here by. And there is a value to this by just not screwing up, right? They have not messed up in three games. The other teams have messed up. But I think the Rams are too good for that to happen. Again, Bengals have faced one defense in the top ten the entire season. They got blown out in that game. They're now facing another team in the top ten on defense. I think it's going to be a tough game for them. And they're, and the MVP is going to be? It's, it, they're going to give it to Stafford is my guess. Because um, if Cup has a big game, we're going to point to Matt Stafford. Like he's the feel-good story of this. All right, so I'm going to give you a feel-good story that it's not Matthew Stafford for MVP. I like your 14-point spread. I do think it'll be near that 48-and-a-half. I got 31-17 yes. Rams over the Bengals. And out of left field as Super Bowl MVP, yeah. Odell Beckham be great. Jr. I, I mean, I think Cooper Cup obviously is Cooper Cup. Uh, he's going to get some numbers. But somehow, some way, this whole Beckham situation oh, with the Rams I is going to culminate I, I with him it. being named the most valuable player I, of Super Bowl 56. I like Odell. He's my teammate in, in New York. Um, I... Uh, the thing about that, though, is, again, like, it has to be Odell running cats, right? Because I think they're going to definitely lean towards Stafford as much as possible if he has big, a big numbers. So Odell's going to have to have, you know, 175-200, a lot of running cats, right? I mean, that's, I think, what it comes down to because otherwise they're going to give it to Stafford as a feel-good story, which is why I never would have thought he'd, he'd be in this spot. But, um, again, I come back to this, man. So there's a checklist. Rams better, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, oh, the Bengals have Joe Burrow. I don't think that's enough in the Super Bowl. It's the X factor. And I, I do say this. If this game is a one-score game in the fourth yeah, quarter. Bengals probably win. I will not bet against Joe Burrow uh, as far as that is concerned. I, I, probably might, I might add some Bengals money line at that point in the game. If that's your, your family's anxious to reunite with their son. I, I can see that. They're still here. Uh, yes. <laughs> they've been very, very patient. Uh, enjoy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. Remember, for all your coverage, There's no place to be other than right here. Fox Sports Radio. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with five good things. A new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.